And good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Had a little bit more time to process and try to move on as much as possible. And I'm still not over it. But we move forward anyway. Lots to do on a Thursday edition of the program. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Superbook. What's the line for tonight? It's got to be double digits, right? Like yeah, it's I believe it was be, ten and a half last night. Sounds saw. right. That sounds actually. You know what? That sounds like uh, a line I'd be willing to bite on. With the oh, with the Chiefs, no. for God's sakes! You know that they, like they've won like fifteen straight against the Broncos. Something no, I like do that. Know they that. have owned I do know owned I the Broncos. Up all the stats. It they, is they, ten they and a half is the number. Ten and a half. They're, now this goes though to what I talk about a lot of times though. The Chiefs sometimes struggle with big numbers. Like, bigger than a touchdown, they sometimes disappoint you. If you feel a way about it, Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. Take advantage of that same-day first bet match up to $250. Win or lose with Superbook. Average margin of victory in those uh, 15 games? Mm -hmm. 11. Mm, How about that, Griffin? How about that? Coming up on the program, we will uh, shift our focus to London a little bit more. That's where Derek Mason is headed, former Ravens and Titans wide receiver. Of course, now with 102.5 the game down in Nashville, we'll talk to him about the Titans. We'll get some thoughts about how it could be that everyone dropped the ball last week. Maybe he could make a catch cleanly. I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, It's the, the great Derek Mason. He'll check in with us later. Also, Derek Rackley who will be on the call for Westwood One on Sunday in London. He will check in with us a little bit later on to preview the game as well. And coming up this morning, we will make some picks with our buddy Ken Zalis. And um, Kenny Albert will join us as well. Of course, his book is A Mike for All Seasons, Fox NFL play-by-play man. Still uh, also, of course, does the NHL with uh, TNT and... We'll get uh, some thoughts from Kenny about his time here in Baltimore, where his career began. Well, I, whatever, I guess his career began when he was hanging out with his dad in New York as a kid. I, I'm six chapters into the book, and I've already gotten through a lot. Like his first job job out of college was here in Baltimore with the Skipjacks. So we'll talk to Kenny Albert about the time that he spent here. So all of that coming up on the program today. I... I struggled with watching baseball last night. I, I told you guys, I kind of called my shot on this. When we were at 105.7, they had the Phillies game on, and so I kept looking up like, holy crap, they just hit another home run. Like, holy crap, they are throttling them. This is wild, Jack. And unfortunately, the WNBA game wasn't good. I was like, this is how I'll distract myself from baseball. I'll watch some hoops. And then the aces were like, yeah, this isn't a series. This is like an exhibition for us. We're just going out and showing everyone that we are the most loaded and best. I mean, it's nuts how good that team is. So I I pop back in uh, on the Diamondbacks. I did see them hit the home runs, the four home run in. It was a big night for home runs. I think it's like everything was a home run last night, right? Because the, the Astros got home runs from Brantley yeah, and Abreu. Um, Abreu. They got all their runs by home runs. I think so. So the Astros, at the moment, would be the only team of the four teams that got the bye that would, unless the Braves were to rally somehow, the Astros yeah. would be the only team 
And that's after – so we would then have five out of the eight teams over the last two years to make the championship series would have been teams that played in the wild card round. And now that we're not really talking about it in the form of an excuse, I do think that that will be enough of a sample size that baseball will go back to the drawing board in some capacity. I don't even know at this point if it matters if the Braves were to rally, right? Like, I think that the fact that they've it's been so much, they will revisit it. And I don't know, because publicly, the Orioles, they can't come out and say it, because it sounds, they get killed. If Brandon Hyde, yeah. right, if Brandon Hyde came out and said today, dude, you know, it was, it was the break, then he'd be dragged for it. The break was the reason why Grayson Rodriguez couldn't get out of the second inning. The the break was the reason why Dean Kramer got his brains beat in. The break, that's the reason. Because the bigger argument is the break is affecting the bats, right? Like that for other teams, their hitters are going cold during the time off. And they've lost their rhythm and they've lost their... That's the argument that's being made by baseball people. So if Brandon Hyde were to come out and be like, yeah, it really killed us, I, I feel like there would be a lot of pushback right. coming. I mean, that. I guess you can look the dot. Like Kershaw got rocked, Lantolin got rocked, Bradish and oh, well, Bradish was okay. Uh, Grayson and Kramer got rocked. Like, is it affecting the pitchers too? I mean, again, like we don't pitchers, know if this even matters. That's like, the. I, it's a harder sell on pitchers because pitchers don't play every day. It's not right. like a not pitching for a week. That's that's not that abnormal. Pitchers skip starts sometimes. Like. I, I don't think I can buy into the break impacting the pitchers in the same way. So to the point, maybe if you really look at the evidence, you would say, yeah, it ain't actually the break. Like, it's not actually the case. Now, the Orioles' bats did go quiet outside of game two, right? Like, they, they weren't very productive. But again, the evidence would be that they weren't productive at the end of the season either. So I, I don't know that you can look at scientifically and – I. I I think scientifically you would say the Orioles just lost. It's just what happened. But I do think that baseball is going to take a bigger look at it given all of the circumstances. And does it explain why, for example, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts were doo-doo in their series? That's, that's going to be more of the argument that's presented I don't know. I think it was they were combined like one for 21 or something like that in the division series. It's two of the better players in baseball. And again, sometimes guys just go cold no matter when the games are played. That happens. Good hitters have bad weekends, have bad series all throughout the season. So you can't definitively prove that it's because they spent a week off. It, 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 the NL would say it was even worse. They like had a week off, and then they had to take another day off after they played one game. Like It was just bizarro land. So I do think that baseball will go back to the drawing board. How drastically different it will be, that's what we talked about with Carl Ravitch the other day. I, I think the idea, I've said a few times, John Smoltz's idea to me makes sense. It's, I, a couple of people within the baseball community have brought this up. Well, present it to the teams. Say, hey, we'll give you a choice. You can either have the bye or you can play in the wild card round and see if any of them choose to play in the wild card round. We can sit here and hash this out all we want and say that it's not a benefit, but like tell me the team that's saying no, we'd rather go play a best two out of three series with our life on the line than to just go ahead and advance. It's you're not going to get that. So 
it, it does complicate things. But it would seem like without doing something extraordinary, because ESPN's not going to be interested in giving up like a, a, a few of the points that have been made. You could br- go back to a one-game wild card, right? Like that. Remember, the one-game playoff was the best thing that it baseball was. had ever done. It was awesome. I, I mean, it was must when the Orioles stunk, when they were dreadful in like '09. Man, I would be fired up for that day of the season. I would be completely checked out on baseball. I mean, utterly checked out on baseball for an entire summer. And then all of a sudden, you get to Tuesday, two days after the season ended, and it was the most exciting day of baseball all year. Whenever you had a game 163, like it was. Wasn't, didn't like the, the Royals win one of those? And then that was the year that they beat the Orioles. I, I don't think it was. I feel I, like sure? I feel like there that was like they played the A's and it was like a crazy. It was it was one of the seven, wildest things you've ever seen. Something. But I don't feel like it was that year. I feel like it might have been the year before, and it sort of set the tone. Maybe you're right. Maybe I don't know. I I'm not saying it's impossible that you're right about that, but I feel like why? Well, the Orioles did have home field advantage in that series, so you might be right. Maybe, maybe it was 14 that the Royals won that game. But the one game playoff was just unbelievable theater. I mean, just spectacular theater. But that's it for if yeah, they beat Oakland nine to eight in on September thirtieth, twenty fourteen. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't realize it was the same year. Oh, but you know, you know what I think I've conflated it with? They didn't win the World Series that year. Yes, they yeah, right. they lost right. the World Series that year and then won the World Series the following year. Correct. Correct. Twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I'm. Uh, that's the math that I did there. They did. They made the World Series that year. They lost in the. Um, then they f- came back and they won the World Series. Coco Crisp was still on that a- A's team. That's and that that was a Royals team that had all of the speedsters. That had Terrence Gore and. Alcides. Um, well, I guess yeah. Alcides Escobar was fast, yeah, but, but he wasn't. He no, wasn't yeah, that yeah. guy. It was Terrence Gore and was it Billy Hamilton? Was he I on that? I think Billy Hamilton was on that team. Like they, it was like they had three guys on the roster that were literally just on the roster to come in and pinch run late in games. Escobar stole thirty bases that year. Uh, Lorenzo Cain, Jer- Gerard Dyson. Dyson was the other yeah. one because Cain was there. There was a star. Cain was there. He wasn't coming in late in games. Right. Right. Dyson was the other one. They Terrence were Gore was on that team. Was was Hamilton on that team? Um, I feel like he was. But unless yeah, he was, what, did up he with come him? up with the Reds? Well, he did come up with the Reds. That did happen. So maybe he wasn't there. Maybe he yet. wasn't maybe there he was yet. The following year. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Maybe that's what I inflated it with. Anyway, the moral of the story being, I don't think that they're going to adjust it for a one-game playoff ever again because ESPN, this is the end of their baseball season, and it gets that they're giving up inventory in the process. So could baseball trade it off with them and say, well, we can maybe extend the division series out to seven games? I think that's another at least warranted discussion is going to seven games the division series if you're going to trade it off, and if that's the case, then... Are are you able to trade with ESPN and Fox, Hey, and TBS? We've got to give ESPN four or five games in the division series now because they're losing inventory of the wild card series. I I don't know. That's a baseball problem that nobody, none of us really care about. I would love I would love the return for the sake of theater, I would love the return of the one game playoff. Is it fair? 
I, I would say the argument is it's not fair to the one division winner that has to play in the wild card round. Like, like they won their division. But it, it's it seems like it's very rare that the third division winner won like 100 games. It seems like for the most part the third division winner is a team that – Like the throwers that won 90. Yeah, that typically doesn't have even as good of a record as the top wild card team. It would – there would be a year where the three division winners win like 102, 101, 100 games, and it would be – pretty patently unfair for a team that won 100 games to have their season come down to one game should have won 102, 102. Uh, you're right like i hear you but i know that conversation right. if they went to that that conversation inevitably would come up inevitably there would be a year where the third division winner would have had an extraordinary record and then all, we would see it coming for like two weeks down the stretch we'd be talking about how unfair it is imagine if it were the orioles like we would see it coming from out Dude, they they got to push for this because they could have their season come down to one game. I, is that a good reason to not do it? Is just in case that were to play out, I, I will still forever be in favor of the theater of the one game playoff. It's it's so unique. Maybe they bring back like it, they bring back one game one sixty threes, so that way but you still have like the chance. But you would still be this to be rare. It would, no, and you would still have the scenario where if again it's one hundred two, one hundred one, one hundred. If the third team wins hundred games, there's no game one sixty three for them. They're just mm-hmm. the third seed. That's yeah. all they are, and they're in this thing. That's the way that it goes. So I, you'd have to think about that side of it. I still think baseball would be better served to have. I really think they'd be better served to have a one-game playoff. Would they, in their minds, think about expanding it out to eight? Ugh, it becomes Damn. basketball, right? Like, it just becomes... Like, I think like nothing's, I guess, ever going to be perfect, but I feel like having the five teams, the two... Like, it, it, it was fair having just, you know, like going back to the way, the, the way it was from 12 to 20, or 19, I guess. And that's going to be impossible... Like, that's not going to happen. They're not going to go back. They're not going to say less teams get into the playoffs now, less, you know, less tele- – like, again, and that's what it is. It's the television. No one's going to want to give up. Yeah, I mean, but again, I if, like if you're expanding best, the division series to like seven games – the most ga- fair I, I guess when I, the two wild cards had to play each other. And so like, all the three division winners get in and the two wild cards play each other for that right. And and Which is the way it was. But then you always have the scenario where one of the – it's the same thing. One of the wild cards is a hundred-and-some game winner that just happened to be – the Rays would have had one game. The Rays would have been the second-best team in the American League. The Rays. And they would have came down to a one-game scenario with their season on the line. And that's always the – therein lies the rub. And at some point – need to do the – Right, at some point – Conference. Oh, you just put all the teams in the same league and then you, you rank them that way? I think a lot of people believe that was going to come anyway at some point. It's interesting, but the teams don't want it because they want it, the Orioles like the fact they can charge more for division games. Right. And that's the reality. The reality is baseball they they need to prove why certain games matter. It's one of the things that college football is going to have to deal with, right? Like how how in these new super conferences do you know which games matter and which games don't? Right, like what games matter to SMU when they join the ACC? Um, I I guess well, just Clemson the, will matter. The I big guess. yeah, well, but Clemson <laughs> won't be in the ACC for very long. Like Clemson and Florida State will get out before too long. But yes, in the in the immediacy, Clemson and Florida State will be the games that matter. And then when they're out of the league, what you're trying to sell the big Virginia Tech SMU matchup? The, 
the, the thing that everybody's waited for, SMU Pit. Got, got to get your tickets for this one. Big showdown between SMU and Syracuse. Everybody's been waiting. The SMU-Cal rivalry is as significant as anything in college sports. You get the point. They, the, the teams want there to be divisions because they want the fan bases to know these games mean more for whatever reason because then they can charge more for the tickets and expect a bigger crowd and expect there's going to be a little bit more history and those fans are more likely to travel because they've been there before and it's the whole thing. They want to have a way to mark that certain games mean more than the other games do. So I don't know that they'll get to the point where they just scrap yeah, it all together. I, I, well, like, is there, is there, can they do it? I mean, yeah, I guess. If your argument is, in if your argument, and I've talked about this with the NFL before, if the argument is go back to the five-team thing and you win your division, you're in the playoffs, but we only seed by record, right? Like, that's, now I'm listening, that, you get in. I've said this before with the NFL. I have no so problem. The Twins win, you know, eighty-four games or whatever. Then they they are in. They get to be in the playoffs, even if there's a team that has a better record than them. Like if the winning your division gets you in, but it doesn't guarantee you a high seed. That winning your okay. division only guarantees you whatever a, a spot at the table. Okay. If you have eighty-four wins but win your division, by the way, Diamondbacks won eighty-four games. <laughs> I, you know, go figure. Um, but you win 84 games, you get in, you get to be the, the the fifth seed. You go on the road. But I I still, I, I don't think they're going to give back playoff spots. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't I don't. I don't, so I don't see that yeah. occurring. I, we're, I, so we're stuck. I think you're stuck. They just got to figure out a way figure to time, out. time it out. Yeah, I think the, the, ob- the easy things to say are start the series on Friday. I, I completely agree. That was Smoltz's take. I completely agree with it. Start the series on Friday. Which they should have done anyway. 100%. They want to stagger it. any, but like, The staggering part is very difficult. Like It's a very difficult on thing to do. No, they want to stagger the series so that oh, like they oh, don't have oh, any right. days where nobody's playing. They want to make sure that like e- th- every day during those rounds, there's baseball going on. It's awkward to start a series on a Friday and then have two team or four teams take off on Saturday. That that goes back to the problem that now you have teams that have only played one game in a week. So you got to do something about that too. Maybe it's best for baseball they don't play on Sunday. Maybe that would be a good thing for baseball to yeah. start start it on Friday, play Friday Saturday, take Sunday off. Recognize there's there's another thing that happens in our country. Like all good. Well, right back to action on Monday, yeah. and then go from there. But they like staggering because, and then they would get to the point where they'd have the awkwardness of like Wednesday they could have all of their own, but that would be their travel day again, you know, for series to go back. Maybe for they game change five. like the instead of going two two one, they do two three. They used to do three, two. They two. used to yeah. do two three, but that was also unfair for like a team to have to start on the road. It, it you finish with a hundred and two wins, you shouldn't have to start the playoffs yeah. on the road. Yeah. Well, that maybe the, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. I guess two two ones probably. It's it's by far the most fair way of doing it. Look, man, there's no perfect answer here. I do think that starting on Friday is the first thing I've heard. I also, as far as expanding the division series to seven games, it wasn't going to make a difference for the Orioles. I mean, the Orioles are going to lose no matter what. You don't really want baseball bleeding closer to Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, that's... 
if you did a seven-game division series, you'd now have to build in... Well, you just make it 2-3-2. Two, two. You wouldn't go 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. So you do 2-3-2. Two, two. So you'd add two days. You'd be talking about the season now ending like around November 7th or so would be when the season would end. Now we get back into the conversation of should they just shorten the regular season? And Yes is the answer, but they won't do that because they're not going to give up the inventory. I'll start by saying I'm in favor of starting on Friday. And if you start on Friday, then you'd really only be extending the season by a day if you went to a seven-game division series. So I'd be in favor of both. It's a playoff series. I mean, it should be best of seven, right? I guess. Yeah. I think we've grown accustomed I mean, to a yeah. five-game division series, but then why? These, then these stats are just going to continue. It's going to always be... You have a five-man rotation during the course of the season, and all of a sudden... You only need three or four. You're going to a... Th- I change it. Seven. Best of seven. I'm, on, I'm in favor. Thumbs up. Best of seven division series. Right. Start on Friday. Best of seven division series. Not a perfect solution. I don't think it changes many results this year, but I think it's better than what they have. And now, of course, that means they'll probably do something far more dramatic than that. They'll probably do something wildly dramatic. Like, just insanity. Like, we'll play all the series on the moon. Something like that. Makes the baseball go further, though, probably. That's true. Yeah, that would be that would be compelling for television. You're right about that. Like I, I you know, could some could you say play the play the wild card series at the location where the team's gonna be playing the division series so that you could advance no, no. That's too much. You need it to be at home. You need the atmosphere. Playoff baseball is not the same without it. You gotta do that. I don't know that we solved anything here, but the hell i mean would you rather do talk about why couldn't the orioles just win yeah we wouldn't have to worry about any of this be getting ready for game five tomorrow night <sighs> life goes on today's show brought to you by your local toyota dealer buyatoyota.com the toyota tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new tacomas from your local toyota dealer today we had to do this a little bit earlier on because of uh, his schedule shipping off to foggy London town. And I apologize in advance. He was at the airport, so there's a little bit of background noise. Sorry about that. But it's Derek Mason, and whenever you get the chance to catch up with Mace, y- you do it right here on GCR. Of course, coming up Sunday in London, Ravens-Titans. And you can't say the words Ravens-Titans without thinking about our next guest. The best receiver, frankly, in the history of both of those franchises. He, of course, now is with 1025 The Game down in Nashville. He is our friend, Mr. Derek Mason, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Mace, it's Glenn. It's so good to catch up, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Uh, anytime. Just sitting in the airport right about now. Yeah, so you're getting ready to... The main, the middle. <laughs> I heard you were headed over the pond. Have you been over there for a game before? Um, no, I haven't, so I'm looking forward to... Uh, it's been a few days over there and um, doing a few things with both the uh, Ravens flock as well as the Titans. That's cool, man. That's a really cool... I mean, I guess there's worse ways to make a living these days than to be, like, hanging out with fans in London ahead of a game. That that doesn't seem so bad at this point. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, this is the important question, Mace. If um, if needed, after the performance of the Ravens' wide receivers last week, 
if uh, if like in the second quarter they're dropping four balls again, could we maybe pull you down, get you dressed? Would you still be able to help out at all at that point? It's... <laughs> I can go for maybe one comeback. And hey, bro. Maybe that's it. <laughs> hey, bro. Knowing how you ran them, I'm taking them. I'm taking them at this point. Oh, that was that was rough for us last week. That was a rough display. And of all games, the Steelers game to be when you're betrayed by your hands. Oh, it's brutal. Um, uh, Mace, on the flip side, I know the Titans come into this one off a tough loss. I, I, it feels very Jekyll and Hyde right now with the Titans, right? Like, how would you describe their inconsistencies coming into this game? I think a lot of it boils down to the offensive line. Uh, the offensive line, the Jimmy's offense, uh, you know, not have, not having Nicholas Chief uh, Prayer uh, because he's defended the first four games with a big loss. Thing they're trying to work in the first round because Peter Sparanski, who uh, had an emergency uh, surgery, so he missed a few games. And Dillard hasn't been the uh, you know the, the, the player they thought he would possibly be when they, when they got him in free agency. So right now, this offensive line is a work in progress. They played a little bit better last week, but they still. Um, this has been the Achilles Hill. This is the team that loves to run football, and they haven't been able to run it effectively all season. Yeah, I was going to say, is it fair to still say that this is a team that goes as far as their run blocking and Derrick Henry can take them? Yeah, because, you know, if you look at it, Ryan Tannehill is one of the best play-action quarterbacks in the National Football League over his five years with the Titans. And when he can't get that run game going, then that play-action is not existent. They got a few shots last week, so Andre Hopkins, um, and he made a few big plays, but they were not able to fit enough, and they were just that run game going the way that they thought against a Indianapolis front that were missing, you know, uh, one of their key players in Shaq Leonard, um, Forrest Buckner, was um, beat up. So, you know, they only had one of their true top players, and that was Franklin, but they still managed uh, to keep the tight to run the game in check. Hmm. I'm hoping that continues. No offense. I'm just hoping that's the case. He's Derek Mason. He's with us here on GCR. Um, Mace, you bring up Ryan Tannehill, right? And, of course, the Titans spent an early-round draft pick on a quarterback, and whenever that happens, there's always going to be whispers and questions that are going to be asked. Hey, if there's a couple of bad weeks, are they like looking to make a move? Where are they at with both Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis? Is it like a goal for Levis to play? Is the idea that, hey, no, we stay in this thing all season. We don't want to see him on the field. This is still Ryan Tannehill's team. I think this is still Ryan Tannehill's team. I don't think they envision, uh, you know, either quarterback, uh, either one of the young quarterbacks, Will Levis or Malik Willis, who really played well during the preseason. Malik Willis did it. And um, Levis, he was hurt, so he didn't get the opportunity that I'm sure he wanted. But even coming into the season, I think their plan was to stick with Ryan Tannehill and because he gives them the best opportunity to win. So unless this team um, goes on a four or five-game losing streak, I can't see them putting uh, either Will Levis or Will Levis in the game. So they, you know, it's also this, this division isn't, uh, you know, a really good division. So That's fair. as long as they can stay in it, then Ryan's going to remain the quarterback. Um, the receivers, uh, area you know a thing or two about, obviously. I, I guess specifically DeAndre Hopkins. We had heard that the Ravens maybe were poking around in the offseason and they decided to go with Beckham. 
Um, wh what have the Titans gotten from DeAndre Hopkins? Where is he at at this point in his career? I think they've gotten what they expected to get. Uh, I think the problem is that uh, Traylon Burks has been held, uh, hurt. Even when he's been on the field, he's had, you know, he's dropped a lot of balls. He's been a 50 50 catcher, which I didn't expect, but it's happened this year. Now, he's dealt with some injuries as well. Uh, he dealt with uh, the injury early in camp, uh, about a few weeks, trying to give it a go the first two or three months of the season. And I'm sure he was affected by it. But he didn't play last week. Uh, he may not play this week. Uh, so they were looking for training to be their big play guy and D Hop to be. You know, that intermediate diver right now, uh, because of trailing, isn't playing the way they want him to. Uh, he has become the number one guy, but he's not getting the numbers down the field that he used to. Uh, he's doing work underneath. He'll make some big catches here and there. But this offense doesn't have any, any explosiveness, mm. uh, you know, from the free receiver position at this point in time. Well, let me go to the other one, which is tight end. Of course, the former Turb, Chigakonkwo. We, we thought maybe he was primed for like a breakout, kind of turn towards stardom season, and he's barely been involved. What's been going on there? It's the same thing uh, with what you mentioned um, you know, at the beginning with the Ravens receivers. They're dropping balls. Mm. Chigakonkwo, who I was high on coming into camp because he's one of those guys they can you know, give you explosive plays, but he hasn't given it to you. He's dropped way too many passes. He's doing some comfortable at times out there. Um, he caught a few last week, but it wasn't uh, what they expected. So he's been, he's, he's been a slow start. Uh, that contributes to, you know, their passing being in that particular time. And they just can't consistently generate uh, big plays. As you know, this game is about big plays. No doubt. Mace, the defense, we saw them put up like a brilliant performance against the Bengals, and I know the Bengals maybe weren't quite fully right yet, but I, I, again, I don't know, I, what is this Titans defense at this point? Like in moments, it seems like they're capable of being really good, and other moments, they seem pretty susceptible. Well, it's a defense that if the defensive line is playing the way that we uh, know they can play, which is a dominant front, then the defense is okay. If they're not, then it exposes the back end. Um, they have a real serious problem at the corner position. Um, you know, Fulton, whether you know, at one point he's injured, and then he's not injured, he's giving a big play down the field. They got a young guy in Roger McQuarrie who's pretty good, but he's still learning the game. He's probably their uh, most solid uh, defensive back, but they're having trouble across the board. The back end is not playing well. They're too safety. And it's uncharacteristic of a, of a secondary led by Kevin Pyre that they're playing uh, the way that they're playing. So if that defensive line isn't, you know, stout like we have come to accustomed to seeing them, then that back end suffers because, you know, I said the offensive line was Achilles heel. Well, on defense, it's a secondary. Hmm. That's interesting, and hopefully uh, for us allows an opportunity for the Ravens to maybe get going after a disappointing week. Um, Mace, if I could, on this side of things, I mentioned the Ravens' problems with drops, but this is now two games the Ravens have had this season where they have played a team that was pretty clearly inferior to them and either played down to their level or just kind of fell apart when they faced some adversity. 
how surprised have you been by a team that like has so much going for them that they have been so up and down this season, the Ravens? Um, I'm surprised. Uh, you know, a little bit can be, you know, I'm still trying to get used to that. I'm still trying to get used to Zay Flowers. He's still trying to get used to Odell Beckham. Yeah. Odell has dealt with injuries, um, you know, this year as well. Uh, so, you know, he's only played what, three of the four or five games uh, that the Ravens have had. So they need to start building that rapport with him as well. Um, but last week, I, I just thought they had too many drops. They had two drops in the end zone for clear touchdowns by guys. Frankly, Andrews, you never see him drop right. a ball, but he dropped two in that game. One was for a touchdown. And then Bateman, I believe, had another go right through his hands in the end zone. So I think Lamar, the majority of the time, is playing well, but you can't have those drop passes in games, especially against the Pittsburgh State. Have, have you ever seen a day where, like, somebody drops a ball and you're like, wow, was that, was that so-and-so? You know, was that heap? Was that – and then it just sort of became <laughs> contagious? Like, the – did you ever have a day like that where, like, for whatever reason, uh, it, like, it almost became mental? Oh, yeah. I remember uh, a game like that against Cincinnati where it was one drop and another. And I'm like, what's going on here? You know, myself and you know, other guys, uncharacteristic drops. And it happens. In games, and what you got to do is come out the next game and, and get back to your old self and right. catch the football. And Lamar is going to continue to go at those guys, especially Andrews. He, you know, Andrews drops the ball. He doesn't care. He's going to go right. a lot because Andrews catches more than he will ever drop. Right. Yeah, it is Mark Andrews that we're talking about. That's a good one. I almost wonder if, like, coming out of the shoot on Sunday, you purposely in your first drive try to get the ball to, like, every receiver on the team just to, like, get some get some good vibes going again. Like, watch yeah, it you out. Have to. you got to you got to keep those guys engaged. you got to keep them part of the game. And I know just because they had a few drops, that's not going to deter, uh, you know, Lamar from going back to it. All right. Uh, Derek Mason, what else is going on in your world, man? Anything else that we can plug for you, brother? Uh, nothing much. Just, um, you know, I have my, uh, my, um, my uh, men wear pink campaign uh, for breast cancer. Yep. So uh, you can go to the where people website and search for my name and donate. So we're just trying to raise as much awareness and um, money uh, for those who have dealt with or are dealing with breast cancer. Because now it's not only women, but it's men that that you know have breast that can have breast cancer as well. So any and everything we can do on money here in Nashville, uh, I try to do it. And, you know, Raven fans are listening. Just go to Denver Pink. That's awesome, man. We love that you continue to do that. And of course, you can find him at D E E Mason, D Mason 85 on Twitter. Derek Mason, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you, brother. Thank you for taking the time. Enjoy the trip overseas, dude. Uh, anytime, you know that. It's the great Derek Mason with us here on GCR, head of Ravens Titans this Sunday. Yeah, Titans are a very difficult team to figure out because just when you're ready to write them off and say, oh, they're garbage, this is, then they, you know, turn around and beat the Bengals. And you're like, oh, they beat the Chargers, right? And you're like, I guess, I guess they're going to be a factor for a little while. Like, I, I think they stink, 
but they have just enough pieces to not, and if the game goes the way they want it to go, then all is good. I have no idea how they handle playing in London. That's that's what makes everything about, God, I wish we didn't have to include the Ravens game in picks this week. I have no feel. I understand when John from Little Rock brought that up the other day, like, can we just pick the, the under instead? It is so hard to pick a London game because like it, it doesn't feel like you're picking a football game. It feels like you're picking a who's yeah, who's gonna wake up. Yeah, uh, feeling good. They shared pictures on the Ravens website of the uh, place where they're staying. It really is like a castle. It's called I think Hanbury Hall. Make sure I have that right. Hanbury. Yeah, Hanbury, Hanbury or H A N B U R E Hanbury Hall is where the Ravens are staying, and it's uh, it's wild, man. Like, it's a wild place. They put a bunch of pictures up on their website of that spot. That explains the, like, room that Marlon Humphrey was showing. You're like, that doesn't look like a fancy hotel. Because it's not. Because it's not. All right. Um, first of all, Speaking of the Ravens, they've got an official game watch party for the London game happening at Guilford Hall Brewery. It is the place. Are you looking at it now? Are you checking out Hanbury tr- Hall? I'm trying to. I can't I can't find the exact pictures. Hang on a second. Uh, Ravens Hanbury Hall. Uh, right. Photos. If you, you know search Ravens Hanbury Hall, you get photos inside Ravens London training facility. On Twitter or Google? Just Google it. Google you know Ravens Hanbury Hall. And the first result is photos inside Ravens London training facility. And there was Hanbury Manor, I guess, not Hanbury Hall. Hanbury Manor. And it's it's I don't know how to explain it. It looks like a castle. It really does. Like it looks like a uh and I guess that's where they're practicing too. I guess that's where like everything is located inside this whatever this thing is, this compound. And it's wild, Jack. These are all photos of the outside for the most part. Then they finally get the photos inside. and I don't know, man. It's crazy. It's a crazy place. All right. Anyway, official watch party is at Guilford Hall Brewery on Sunday morning. That is the place to be. If you're ready for the biggest game day party in Baltimore, join us at Guilford Hall Brewery Sunday, October 15th for the official Ravens London game watch party. We're getting started early with live music, bottomless mimosas, unlimited Guilford beer, Dunkin' Coffee, and signature cocktails, games, the Kids Zone, appearances from special guests including Ravens legend Jimmy Smith, the Ravens cheerleaders, the Marching Ravens band, and Poe. Doors open at 8 a.m., so rally your flock, and we'll see you at Guilford Hall. This event free to the public with all-you-can-drink wristbands available for purchase. Visit guilfordhall.com for more information. We come back in, a veteran edge rusher appears as though he is officially on the market. We'll tell you about that, and then we'll make some picks with KZ. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown, or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. 
Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit MarylandFiveStar.us for tickets. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? Saturday, October 28th, Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson, the Baltimore County Police Department, hosting a hiring event. You've been thinking about a new career, different path? 
everything is right there for you. Competitive salaries, opportunities for advancement, specialized units, great signing bonuses, tremendous benefits. It's all there with the Baltimore County Police Department. And on the 28th, if you show up, you can go through the written test, the agility test, the application process, all right there. If you're not sure, you still have some questions, get them answered that day. And for those of you that aren't thinking about it, it's still a wonderful community event because it's a trunk or treat. So it's a nice, safe, pleasant environment for your kids to get out in their costumes. Get some candy. October 28th, Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson with the Baltimore County Police Department. 410-887-4584 or join BaltimoreCountyPD.com in order to find out more. Frank Clark has taken a pay cut that we are to understand either will set up a trade or the Broncos will simply release him and make him available. Now, by name, Frank Clark sounds really exciting. In reality, it sounds pretty redundant to what the Ravens have done in the last couple of years, which is pick up guys on the scrap heap. Frank Clark has not been the same productive player the last couple of years of his career. Um, we remember, of course, Frank Clark being a double-digit sack guy in Seattle, and even when he got to Kansas City, he was still productive, but it's kind of fallen by the wayside. The last two years, in 2021, four-and-a-half sacks. Last year, five sacks. Given how little the Ravens have, I'm by no means saying no. That They're desperate in the edge rush department, desperate. I, I don't know why you'd be trading for Frank Clark. If I'm trading, I'm setting my sights much higher than that. There is belief that the Broncos are going to go through a fire sale, and so I was poking around a little bit. I was telling uh, Griffin, I'm like, I was poking around with the Broncos. They have an edge rusher who's having an amazing season that I know nothing about, nothing at all about Nick Benito. Um, it was a second-round pick a couple years ago. He's got five-and-a-half sacks already. I wouldn't think that in, in a fire sale you get rid of a young player that's very productive. But who knows? Frank Clark is available, and if it's for, like, a pick swap or if he gets released, sure. Throw one more guy into the mix. What could that hurt? But I think the Ravens need to have their sights set a bit higher because edge rush to me is desperate town. All right, it's time for us to make our picks this week. Joining us now, he is our buddy Ken Zalis. What's going on, KZ? How are you, my friends? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. You have any interest in Frank Clark? I agree with what you said. Same old, same old. How about that? Uh, you know, you that's, know. That's weird. I, that's weird for you. And I mean, I. it's a, it's a, it's a guy that because we know his name, we think is good, but he's not what he was, and. You know, not having a particularly great year. Uh, you know, if you're going to tell me they're going to get him for a fifth or sixth round pick, sure, why not? I mean, I mean, throw everything against the wall that, you can you, know. you can get. I, mean, I don't. I wouldn't give up a straight pick for Frank Clark. I mean, again, I would do a pick swap. Like if they wanted yeah, to swap. I mean, like a, that's what I mean. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Like give them our six for their seven. Yeah, I, you know, I have I, I have no interest in doing uh in giving up picks at this point. All right. Uh, before we, uh, so you were you are convinced that I'm giving up on Kareem Hunt and not on Anthony Richardson. Although that seems like it's just going to create a problem for me again because I'm going to need a quarterback during Tua's bye week, and Anthony Richardson is not going to be available to me. But I guess I'll deal with that then. What I mean, about? 
yeah, yeah. I, I just i i don't see any unless unless somehow there's another injury in cleveland i i, I don't i don't see anything and they, they don't right now they don't have a quarterback that's healthy so that it, i don't i don't see a, a universe where where you have to rely at any point today on on hunt all right now in another league i need to give up either one of my quarterbacks so i am carrying three quarterbacks in that league lawrence Can you start two no, I just I can't figure out which ones I want. So okay. it's it's Lawrence, Stroud, and Stafford, and I assume that I'm giving up Stafford. My other option would be get. Yeah. To, I would. I, my other option would be to give up Rishi Rice. Yeah, we don't want to give up Rice because he looks like he he's coming into his own. Emerge, could emerge as the guy that is most trusted from that wide receiver core. I, you know, I I guess it's I guess it's Stafford. Uh, it's just one less headache. Uh, you can't give up on Stroud. He's been so good, and that's the decision for me. Is it Stroud? Is it Stafford? And, um, you know, even if – I, I kind of look at it this way. I don't think the Rams season is going to head south enough where they're always behind and we're getting in the shootouts, where I think Houston could at some point, and I like the guy that's going to be throwing more. I do like I, I that. I do like no, it's tough. That's why I've been I've struggled yeah, with it. I, I, it's probably Stafford. I let go for me. All right, all right, fair enough. Let's get into this week's picks. The, we are, of course, do have this eleven man competition right. now, and we are all terrified of inviting Jeremy Khan into our competition. As it turns out, when you force him to pick some games and he doesn't get to pick which games, not quite as de- as lethal, at least so far. Maybe I don't want to poke the bear here. Um, been a tough start for Jeremy in two weeks. He's got just seven wins. So I know there were were there were there two pushes in there or just one push? Uh, in there? I think there was a push a week. One push like in we, each feels week. Feels like we've gotten a push a week for like. Don't like that. We got to change that all together. Nine games this week. Right now, Andrew Stecka and Ken Zalis tied atop the table. Wow. Kyle Ottenheimer and Nick Kelly two games back. Griffin, myself, John Proctor, John from Little Rock, all three games back. Paul Valley four. Ryan Shell is at the bottom of the original table, five games back, but he is 12 games clear of, I'm sorry, 18 games clear of Jeremy Kahn. So the bottom, whoever finishes at the bottom, Jeremy got the, the slow start. Whoever finishes at the bottom of the table has to come in here dressed as a leprechaun, the Notre Dame mascot. Whoa. I'm not supposed to say the other thing. I get it. Uh, dressed as the Notre Dame mascot, has to consume blood sausage, tripe, and haggis. Has to wash it down with a Will Levis-style Irish coffee. Take an Irish dance lesson, then perform said Irish dance. Perform also nothing compares to you and Zombie here in studio. And what will be a joyous morning for all of the rest of us besides that person. Picks, uh, the spreads are courtesy of our friends at Superbook, superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, and you will get a same-day first bet match up to $250. Win or lose. Griffin, where are we starting on the college side of things? With uh, with no baseball Friday night, we go to uh, we go back to Boulder, Colorado. For no, we don't. Colorado. That is definitely not a game that we are including, Griffin. Not a chance in Why hell. Not? No. Sorry. Fine. Then all eyes go to College Park on Saturday at 3.30. Uh, it's going to be on NBC when the Terps host uh, the Fighting Illini of Illinois. The Terps are 14-point favorites. 
Well, I know what Ken Zalis is doing here. Um, Maryland's beat up. They. It's a weird part again. Is that they actually played pretty well against Ohio State, and then it they just made stupid, stupid mistakes. Now they do that a lot. That's the problem. That's not uncommon for this team. Illinois is not very good. I think they were expected to be better than they've been coming into the season. Their losses at Kansas, okay, against Penn State, okay. You can understand those. But then they got shellacked by Purdue, and then they lost 20-7 to to Nebraska. Like, there's just not a lot there with Illinois. I don't know why they've been as bad as they are. Their only wins are against Toledo and Florida Atlantic. Said it's 14 even. 14 even. At home, I'll count on the bounce back. Give me Maryland's. The Illini. Yeah, I'm stunning. I'm so stunned <laughs> that you picked. I, I'd like to go into a whole thing, but let's just keep moving. I, I'm not picking Maryland all year. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, Maryland out outpaces Illinois and pretty much everywhere offensively, so I think that's that alone is enough. Illinois has also lost, like, what, four or five straight against the spread, uh, so I will uh, I will take Maryland. Yeah, to the point. Away. They only beat Florida Atlantic by, like, six points. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everyone, not everyone. Oh, I didn't realize they only beat Toledo by two points. Jesus, Illinois stinks. What happened to well, them? Toledo, it's They're Toledo awful. Good. Yeah, why they the are. hell would you take them? What are you doing? They're awful. I, I, I think Maryland uh, put all their eggs in one basket and came up empty. Uh, I mean, yeah, I could say the letdown, the proverbial letdown. I get yeah, it. I hear the you. Proverbial bounce back. All right. Uh, three on Illinois with Ken. It is Ken, Andrew Stecka, and Jeremy Kahn. Ooh, so look at two, that three. I, yeah, I know. Right. I mean, the two, the, the two at the top and the guy at the bottom of the table who hasn't been good since like he joined that. our league. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, top ten matchup, college game day will be there. Uh, we'll be in Seattle, Washington for Washington, number seven, Washington hosting number eight, Oregon. It's game of the week. 3.30 on ESPN, and uh, Washington is favored by three. Uh, that's pretty much just there at home. That's yeah. pretty much all that is. And Michael Penix obviously has been ridiculous this season. At the moment, he's the front runner to win the Heisman. <sighs> I, I, yeah. This is really tough because what you want to say is like, well, Oregon's been in these spots before and Washington really hasn't. But but Oregon hasn't really been in these spots since Lanning's been the coach. I Like, they played against Colorado a couple weeks ago, but Colorado's not good. Like, wow. I don't I don't know what to make of this. I'm going to just choose. It's two good teams. I got an opportunity to play the points. I'm just going to choose to play the points and take Oregon. But I have no idea, and this is a great game, and this is a good op- if, like Michael For Michael Penix, this is an opportunity for him to start like sealing a Heisman Trophy if he comes out and plays brilliantly and Washington wins this game. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm going to agree with all that. Um. But I'm going to take Oregon. I, I don't. I, That's what I did. I think. I think. I think. Um, I think Penix has been great. But Oregon's played really, really well, and they, they've they've showed up in some bigger type games. Um, and I think in the end, it's only three, and they can outscore them. And that's where I'm going to go. Uh, I agree, but I am going to stay in Washington. I like Michael Penix a lot, and because they have Michael Penix, I am going to go with Washington. The only thing that does scare me is I feel like, you know, this game is going to be a back-and-forth shootout, and if they were to go to overtime, now that there's just oh, yeah, two-point two conversion, conversion. 
What is that? So, the third overtime they go to that, or um, yeah, because well, the second overtime they have to go. They for have two. to go for two if they score if a they touchdown. Score but a touchdown, then the third overtime, it's they it's just two point conversions. One play. Yeah. One play. Um, I'm gonna stick with Washington. For what it's worth, Washington coming off a bye. Both teams are actually coming. Oh, off did Oregon bye, not have yeah. a bye last week too? I didn't realize that. Yeah, both All teams right. are coming off a bye. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna roll with the Huskies. Uh, joining me on Washington will be John Proctor, Ryan Shell, and Jeremy Kahn. Mm, how about on that? On Washington, final college game of the slate, number ten, the undefeated USC Trojans take on number twenty-one Notre Dame in the Fighting Irish uh, at seven thirty, also on NBC. Uh, Notre Dame is two and a half point favorites. They're favored by two and a half. Son of a bitch. I was hoping to get points with Notre Dame, and then I was going to talk about how USC's defense stinks, because it stinks. It is an abomination, USC's defense. But now I got to rely on Notre Dame to win a big game? No chance in hell. I'm not doing that. USC. Yeah, I, I look. I don't. I don't trust USC because their defense is every, their defense is just and, and and not only. Not only that, but it's not like their defense this year is bad. Like their defense has been bad. They haven't fixed it. They haven't. They haven't. Seemingly, they haven't addressed it. Um, but it's not a big enough number for me to worry about that. It's not a big and enough number. Wins. The fact that they they could lose and I still get the win. Like it's I know, insanity. I so I, I give me USA. Uh, yeah, USC as well. Caleb Williams. Uh, I guess slightly better than uh Sam Hartman. Um, I, I agree with fighter, that, but it's but I, the, again the problem being, and like, you can't trust Notre Dame at all. You, so. th- th- it really is two things. You can't trust USC's defense, but you can never trust Notre Dame in a game that matters. In a game that matters, I can't trust them. And Forget they got it. Killed by, like I guess they didn't get killed, but they lost to Louisville. I mean, it, you said they didn't get killed, but it was not. Com- they were no. not. Yeah, they were not in it as the game got into the deeper part of the fourth quarter. I will take USC. Three backers of Notre Dame in the Fighting Irish. Doctor. Nick Kelly, Andrew Stecka, and Jeremy Kahn. All right. Ooh, taking the I'm, Irish. I am, a, I am against Jeremy Kahn on all of his college football picks, which should make me nervous. Hasn't made you nervous yet. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what to feel about it whatsoever. Moving to the NFL at 1 o'clock on CBS, Seattle goes comes to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Bengals are three-point favorites welcoming in Seattle. <sighs> um... Like, boy, it's really hard. It every there's so many layers to this one, right? You have Seattle coming off a bye, but a West Coast team coming across the country to play at one o'clock. The Bengals coming off their best performance of the year, but does that mean that everything's fixed, or did they just play one really good game? I, 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 what do I do with all that? And let's be fair, Seattle's played really well. Like Seattle was clicking. Outside of the first game of the season, they've been clicking coming into this. Boy, this is risky. What the hell do you do with any of this? Why do I have to be first here? I don't like this. This one's tough. You really can pick first? No, because everybody else is supposed to have already made their picks, and oh, that's right, why right, right. I, th- nobody's supposed to be influenced by anybody else's picks here. <sighs> Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna take the home team here. Um, they are at home, right? Yes, they are. At home, you didn't yes. give me. You didn't give me bad information again. Did <laughs> no, you? No, no, it's no, got no, a history no, over there. there. This is Paycor Stadium at one o'clock. Okay. 
Okay. I, I, I'm just going to take the home team. I mean, I, they looked better last week. Um, Chase was been unstoppable for two weeks. Uh, you know, I believe yeah, the Seattle, Seattle secondary is a little bit different, though, bro. <laughs> well, but I also think they've been a little bit banged up and, and maybe they're healthy after the bye week. I haven't really, you know, really haven't gotten into that a whole lot. Um, but they were a little bit banged up b- beforehand. Um, I'm going to take the Bengals at home. Um, I'm not going to take the home team when I don't think they're as good. I'm not really sold on the Bengals being back. I, I mean, they it. beat Arizona without James Conner using a running back that no one has ever, ever heard of um, before this week. Um, so I'm not sold on the Bengals. I think the Seahawks are a good team. So I will say I will take Seattle. Go Hawks. And uh, joining me on Seattle will be Andrew Stecka and Jeremy Kahn again. I, I am f- four for four in disagreeing with Jeremy Kahn so far. Four for four. Uh, moving on, uh, Washington at Atlanta in a big, big matchup for, well, I don't know who. but Atlanta's Who are we going to include that we decided not to include? because Oh, oh we're going to include the Browns game, but because they're going to start P.J. Walker, we were like, yeah, nah, we'll pass on that. Atlanta's two-and-a-half-point favorites welcoming in the Commanders. I mean, I don't like either of these teams. I think they're both bad, and I think they'll both prove to be very bad by the time the season is over. I get that Atlanta's been spunky, and Washington had some life to start the season. I think these are two bad football teams that will combine maybe be around 10 wins to end the season. I I just think that we're, we're realizing that quarterback play matters that said, at the moment, I think there's a little bit more life in Atlanta than there is in Washington, and with the number being small, I'll go with Atlanta. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm the same way. Um, really didn't like what I saw out of Washington as a team, although fantasy-wise, loved what I got out of Mr. Howe last week. Um, but Seattle's starting to – I mean the Seattle. Atlanta's starting to figure – some things out offensively. Offensively last week, they they were better and got their more of their uh, playmakers involved. And Robinson just looks special. So I'll I'll take Atlanta here. Um, yeah, I think Atlanta is the pick as well. I mean, they are better. They have the better team. They have the, I mean, I, I, I they definitely have the better coach. I guess Ron Rivera doesn't. I mean, he's not trying well, to win games anymore. It's a really weird bit. You say they have a better coach. I have no idea. Ron Rivera is definitely a more accomplished and better coach than Arthur Smith has been, but to the point where it appears as though he's checked out. Yeah. Um, he um, didn't address the team at halftime last week. Let him talk to himself. It's weird. I I wish that we were in that market because like I there's so it would be the dumbest thing, but it would drive a week's worth of conversation. Like we would get so much out of Ron Rivera or the head coach not talking to the team at halftime. Ken Zalas hates the the head coach that's good. Like imagine having the head coach that hasn't accomplished anything since he arrived in that city and didn't talk to the team at halftime. Like oh, it would be manna from heaven. But to say that the that Arthur Smith is a better head coach? I, I don't know what you're basing that off of. Uh, better X and O's coach, I guess. Uh, if you say so. And Ron Rivera, the one thing, yeah, whatever. The, the one thing that he was supposed to be, you know, he's Riverboat Ron and he's not that anymore. Yeah, so. he's given up on that. He yeah, doesn't want to go for it anymore. Uh, the only thing that worries me is the Falcons are 1-4 and four against the spread. They're two win, they have a, two of their wins, the, they have a two-point win over Houston, a one-point win over Green Bay. So they just, they, yeah, it was they a, let they It was let a push last week. It. I know that because I bet American dollars on it. <laughs> Um, even so, I, I'm not going to bet on uh, the Commanders again. I took them against the Bills, I think, and that was maybe the stupidest thing I've done. Um, so yeah, I'll It's go up f- there. I'll g- <laughs> it's up there. I'll go Falcons. All right. 
we are not split. Three on uh, Washington. Paul Valley, Kyle Ottenheimer, and Ryan Schell. Oh, none the, of those guys know anything, so that's good. <laughs> We're good there. All the former, uh, all the former board ops, all the former producers. Ah, all of the former producers. How about that? <laughs> Uh, New Orleans at Houston, and this one is a near pick'em. Uh, New Orleans, they are one-point favorites going into Houston. That defense, man. That defense is something. I really like Houston. Of of the Saints? Yeah. Okay. The Saints defense is yeah, ridiculous. But, but are the, are the, the Patriots, just, they might not ever score again. So I, I hear you, but the Saints defense has been better than just that game. Like That Saints defense has been excellent this season. Just weird because you don't on paper you don't look at it and say like my what a unit that is but they played nuts one point one point favorites I really like Houston and because I like Houston I just want to pick them right like just to, to to commit to the bid a little bit and so you know what I will the hell Houston go for it I like Houston too I think they're on the right path I think they got the right coach. I think their draft pick's been good. Different animal. Uh, that defense is nasty for New Orleans. So nuts, isn't I, it? I, I just, I can't. I can't. I'll I take get New it. Orleans. I get it. Um, uh, you, Ken, you said Saints. Okay, staying on the Saints. Um, I Yeah, I mean, same thing. I don't really, don't really have too much to base it off of other than I like D'Amico Ryans. I like C.J. Stroud. I like, uh, I like a lot of what's going on in Houston right now. Um, and they're the home team. Um, so even though the Saints do have a pretty strong defense, I'm going to, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm immediately regretting the pick that I, I'm not going to change it, but I'm immediately regretting it because like I'm allowing my, my heart, like, and I don't even know why it's my heart. Cause I don't have any feelings towards the Texans. It's more just like, I'm a believer. I want to, I want to believe, but my God, the Saints defense is insane. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Texas, your... Texas. I like the cut. Of, I like the cut. Of I the hope Texas you're right. Jib, you I know? hope you're right. Uh, Houston. Uh, on the Texans, myself, Glenn, Paul, um, John and Little Rock, Dr. Nick Kelly, Andrew, and Jeremy. All right. Yeah. That's a nice little crew there. Yeah, I'll so, take that so crew. So on the Saints is Kyle, uh, Ken, and Ryan. Yeah, those guys stink. You got the wrong crew with you, bro. Oh, those guys aren't good at this. I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, somebody, Ryan, somebody on this calls at the top of the table. I understand that, but I'm saying with you, you got the wrong crew, right? Oh, with me. Yeah, okay. with you. I got you. Go ahead. Uh, Indy at Jacksonville. Uh, the the Jags, they are four-point favorites. Man. It's the Gardner Minshew revenge game, too, isn't it? I, like, Jacksonville has looked better the last couple of weeks, but it's not like they've been brilliant necessarily as much as they've just looked better. Are we yet at a place where you're comfortable with Jacksonville to be a four-point favorite against anyone, more or less a team that's also looked good the last couple times out? How much more involved do we expect Jonathan Taylor to be this week, Ken? Can't be much less. Am I starting him? <laughs> like, am I starting him over, like, I, say— I, You have to. I mean, I mean, unless you have other top 20 guys. What my I options mean, be? Am I starting him look, over— I, start, I started him last week in a lot of places, and that was just— uh, my options would be Gabe Davis, Roshan Johnson, or Jeff Wilson. But we don't know if Wilson's playing yet. Yeah. Um, Roshan last we saw him was concussed. Yeah, but Gabe he... Davis is a is a touchdown dependent guy. I, I'm probably playing him over those people. All right, fair enough. Um, I don't know. I'll choose to buy that Jacksonville figured something out while they were over in London. We also, what do we know about teams that are coming back from London? What do we know about that? 
that don't get. We the know bye nothing week. about teams that have played two straight games in London. Yeah, and well, not back. not it's, that. It's but, never. It's never. But last year before. was the first year that we had teams that played with that were, they didn't have a right. bye week after London. Correct. That was last year. We got the correct. first. That was the first time. Correct. Do we have any evidence yet of what that does to a team trying to play in a bye week after trying to play the immediately week after a London game? I don't. I don't know if we do. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay. Oh, here we go. Only eleven times in NFL history has a team returned home from Europe without a bye week. Okay, so it apparently didn't start last year. So eleven times. Every one of the. Raven, I think the Ravens requested a few years ago not to have a bye, a bye week. Huh. Every one of those teams was tied or trailing in the fourth quarter the following week. Mmm. Indianapolis. I'm going to be manipulated by one tidbit. Indianapolis. Ken? Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I think Jacksonville, I like what I've seen. Um, I I love how they played against the Bills. I love them featuring ETN. And the more they do of that, the better it's going to be against the Indianapolis team that defensively struggles at times. So I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I was already on the Colts, uh, but yeah, like looking at the uh, the other side of the this experiment with the Jags, um, I don't think I, I don't think it's going to favor Jacksonville. And then, as you mentioned, the Gardner Minshew revenge game is is, mm, is enough. It's a major uh, factor. Even more. Yeah. Um, so yes, I will take the Indianapolis Colts on the Jags. Uh, just two. It is Ken and John Proctor Ooh, on Jags. That seems odd, doesn't it? <laughs> It does. That really seems for strange a, to me. Such a clo- for such a close game. Yeah, right? That's weird. That's okay. Uh, the second to last game of the slate, the only... Now I'm kind of regretting it, because now it feels like it's an opportunity for free points there. Well, Damn it. Yeah, but if you win, you win. So. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Lions at the Bucks in the 4 o'clock window. The Lions are going into Tampa Bay, and they are favored by three. <sighs> it feels like a trap, doesn't it? Nah. It... it <sighs> I mean, it's three. How's it trap? Because it feels like the Bucks are coming off a bye, the Bucks are at home, and and they're wearing the cream sickle uniforms, and they get points. Tampa, Tampa's wearing the yeah. Well, no, the, the Lions Go are gonna ahead. wear the cream sickle uniforms, Griffin. That would, that would be, be cool. Yeah, that would be, that, that would be wild, <laughs> wouldn't it? By the way, the NFL recognized that they needed to flex this game into the uh, the national TV window because it was a, a good game. And guess what game we can't watch here in Baltimore? The Lions. Yep. We get what? we get Zach Wilson. Yay! Oh, Who are the Jets? Yay! They're playing the Eagles. Oh, wow. Well. I mean, the Eagles are good, don't get me wrong. But I get to see the Eagles. I understand that. I've had a hard day, and I hate the effing Eagles, man. Um, You'll be asleep by then. That's <laughs> a good point. I got a long day. <laughs> I got a long day. Uh yeah all right fine I'll take the Lions but I don't want to I wanna I wanna I I wanna grab the Buccaneers here I don't want to do it but Lions. Not only will I take the Lions but I want to take the Lions I think they are really really good so the Lions. Uh, since we're talking about the Bucks it reminded me Ken uh, I do I play Rashad White I I definitely play him over Javante Williams tonight right. Um, I mean I mean if you if you believe what's coming out of. Denver, Javante's 
back and healthy and didn't look good. Say, and... Didn't they say it was gonna be limited in the game, even though he practiced, I guess, full. No, I don't know. Or... I mean, I mean, look, they're, they're close enough that I would play White. Okay. Uh, and then I play White over like Robert Woods. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. All who right, can all be right. cut? Who can be cut from your team? Really, Robert Woods can be cut. He was. Uh, he's getting targets, isn't he? He's. He's gotten at like. Least, he's he's got... at least third in targets. On the team. He had nine. I mean, he's just not getting catches. He's getting targeted. All right, anyway, uh, I'm going to take the Lions because, you know, same thing. I think they're a good team. Um, I think the Bucks are a decent team, uh, but the Lions are better, and I don't really have any trust in Baker Mayfield in a, in a quote-unquote big game here. Uh, so I will take Detroit as well. On the Buccaneers is Paul Valley, Andrew Stetka, and Jeremy Kahn. Looking to steal I'm, some points. I'm telling you, I think it's I think it's a trap. I think I fell right into it, but it's a trap. It's a trap. Admiral Akbar. <laughs> are we have we reached the are we are we at the Ravens game? We are at the Ravens Jeez, game. Jeez, man. Well, I I have a I have I have a an issue today, so oh. we gotta do this. Oh, quick. we gotta move it along. Okay, all right, all right. from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London at 9:30 a.m. on NFL Network. Uh, it is the Ravens and Titans. The Ravens they are four point favorites. I, how do you pick a London game, man? Like, how do you do it? What what am I supposed to do with this? Like, we all like the fact the Ravens went out early. We think that's gonna help them, but. Will they catch the football? Like that, I don't know what the Titans are. It, it's the weirdest season I think anybody's having in football. Like you, you just want to believe they're garbage, but then they turn around and they they beat the Bengals and they beat the Chargers. And I I think the Ravens are better than the Titans. They they should have been. They should have won comfortably a week ago, but they didn't. So now you're playing with four points. The Titans arrive late in London. Does that affect them? I will just throw everything out the window and say I think the Ravens should be four points better than the Titans are, and I'll choose to bet the Ravens because of it, but I don't feel good about this game in any way. I, I, I'm I'm right there because I, I, I just <laughs> – it's London. Yeah, we do feel good that they left early. I, I, I think that was a smart move by the organization. I don't think the secondary for the Tennessee Titans is any good at all. But I'm being sold a bill of goods of how great the passing offense for the Ravens is, and we just don't see it yet. And, and there's two out of the last three games, there's been whatever reasons, there's a, just a reason that they lose a game that they should have won. And four points is a lot. And I hate myself. But I'm gonna take the Ravens because I think they're the better team. We're all gonna we're all gonna be doing the, the hang our heads in shame I, after they. Yeah, I don't I don't at, like it after they after I they think, win on a last second field goal. We'll all be like, well, how did we not see this coming? How you did know we what? Not? At this at this point, Glenn, I don't even care. I just want them to win a football game. Yeah, I don't know. I'll take it. I'll take it. But it's I, we should know better than to be betting them to cover four. I, you're point. right. You are a thousand yeah. percent right. Um. Yeah. Same thing. You know. It looks like they're trying to do everything right, and it seems like they are doing everything right. Um. And yeah. On paper, they're just a better team than the Titans. So I will. Uh, I will take the Ravens. Nearly everyone is on the Ravens. We except have our, Andrew Stecka. Not Andrew oh, Stecka. Do you want to guess? Uh, who is the Jeremy lone wolf? Is yeah, it who's the lone wolf? Is it Jeremy? Jeremy. No, it's Jeremy Khan. Not Jeremy. Ryan Chell. Ryan Chell is lone wolfing I think, this week. Okay, I think the dirty little secret is that Ryan Chell is a closet Titans fan. Really? I'm not kidding about What's this. Wrong with him? Yeah, I think yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I know. I think I, I, I think I remember there being a story from yeah. like years yeah, ago there's something that there. he 
There's like, something there. It, he had some weird affinity for the Titans that he never was able to like let go of then or something like that. This is a big AFC South week for us. It is a big, the, yeah, like, big class. Actually, this was the AFC Central. This was a classic AFC yeah, Central matchup. Ma- I mean, this was like uh, the, the rivalry in the AFC yeah. Central between the Ravens and the Titans for uh, years, and then uh, the divisions changed. All right, Casey. Are, are, are we uh, are we doing a like a one o'clock post game show or? Oh yeah, oh yeah, we okay. are. Yeah, okay. we're doing a, we're doing a normal. Oh, there's yeah. there's no baseball see, anymore, bro. You know, there's no. You know, I just, just want to see how you know. Be prepared because you. You have this thing. You just want to try to trigger me and things like that. Well, I, I, I look, man. It's what it is. What do you want me to do? We'll talk. No, it's good. We'll it's talk. fun. I have fun. If Femi you wants trigger, to, fun- but you trigger, you trigger me. You get the reaction you want, and then you cut me off. Uh, well, no, because I'm not gonna let you do. If you missed last week's post game show, by the way, Project Game Day will be back this Sunday. We will be with you early in the day. It'd be nice if the game wrapped up nice and early, and we could have it Project Game Day wrapped up by like one o'clock. That would be wonderful. But we'll be with you. Um, it's all brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Myself, uh, Rita, Femi, KZ's telling me he'll be there. Andrew Steck has been hanging out with us. We've been having a great – it's been a lot of fun this season. What happened last week was I turned to KZ because Femi brought something up at the end, and it was perfect. It was a great transition into KZ, and I was prepared to let him do his John Harbaugh shtick because I think we could all have an open conversation about what happened at the end of the half. And then KZ decided to turn it back into Super Bowl 47 somehow. <laughs> somehow, right. Ken Zalas went from a relevant conversation <laughs> about what had happened in the football game to, yeah, and they should have lost Super Bowl 47 too. And I'm like, dude, what are we, what are you doing? I didn't say they should have lost. You you said something. You you took it down. I said the if path it was of, two minutes longer, they would have lost. It was. <laughs> well, you. I'm not gonna do a conversation with you about a game that happened. Over 10 years ago. Well, if it was two minutes longer, they wouldn't have taken a safety. I'm just not going to do that. How do you know? Have you seen him coach a football game? Oh, Jesus. They only do that. Here's our guy. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got to give me that one. He walked into it. Oh, God. Here's our guy. But the funny thing, too, is I went to him for him to do his Harbaugh shtick. And he didn't even give it. He was just like, eh, I don't know. Because because uh, it was tough to do him after Linderbaum came out and said, oh, it was on me. It was on me. On me. I mean, what me. am I supposed to say? No, but it's we like could still, lying, but we could still discuss. For his coach? No, but we could still. There is still room to discuss whether or not I you know. should even. A good be, coach would know his center doesn't know what's going on. No, it's no, more the. A good coach would just run the. What field what is what is there to the, what the is there to gain with twenty seconds left? And that was right, the conversation right, right. that I was trying to have. There was twenty seconds left at that point. What is there to a, gain? To be fair, to be fair, and you're probably right. I probably went on the deep end. You did. You went to. You went to. Glad. Go ahead. It had been a long day. You it had been a long day. <laughs> and the Orioles were getting their asses kicked. I mean, it was just it was a just really – nobody was in a good mood. Our, the the <laughs> Zoom wouldn't work when we tried to start the show, and I was, like, snapping at – I was snapping at my wife. <laughs> like, it was it was a bad day. It was a really, really – Had Baltimore fans trying to return Super Bowl forty seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Ken's, I, I just – Ken's I'm, going – Femi, Femi is gaslighting me about the edge rush. Like, Femi is yeah. mad at me that I am bringing up the edge rush thing. It's going to be a recurring theme every week of the season because it's not going to go away. They don't have it. And every time I bring it up, Femi's like, well, somebody's going to make a play. Who? Who's going to make the play? <laughs> Tell me who it is. Well, it's not the defense's fault. I know it's not the defense's fault, but it still would have been nice to have somebody make a play. Just wait for Kyle Van Noyda. 
God. It was so it was a bad day, man. It was, it was just a bad day. A I didn't even day. I didn't even get to the final touchdown because Ugh. I was so upset about it because it was like eighty seven percent of the game were in cover two, but that particular moment Okay, but you know what they were doing there. Cover. But you know what they were doing there. They decided that they were either gonna get a sack or give up a touchdown. They decided okay, one of two things had to happen on that play. They okay. either were giving if they didn't get a sack, they knew that they were gonna end up losing the game without seeing the ball again. And the closer, okay. if you try to play defense on that play and the Steelers get closer to recognizing that they can win the game without giving them the ball back, then they're going to go down. You had to do it with enough time left that Pickens knew he needed to go into the end zone and not think about it and say, oh, crap, I should slide down at the five so we win the game. So I, 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 I at first, because I, and Rita and I got into it the other day, at first I was befuddled by it as well. And then after I thought more through the circumstances, I said, oh, no, I know what they were doing there. They were going true outcome. They were – they are not – because Rita was like, why, why put Humphrey out there when he's just back from injury? Because they didn't care. They, once the ball was out, they didn't care about trying to stop it. They were either getting a sack or they were giving up a touchdown and getting the ball back. So I, I the only debate we could have is like – do you believe that they could have made two more plays to force it to be a 50-plus-yard field goal and at Pittsburgh where goofy things happen? on They've got a good kicker, though. Like, it's not like back in the day yeah, when they had. So Okay. Okay. I got to go because I right. have a hard right. on it love at you. Love 11 you. 20, love which it is now. All right. Love, love you, guys. Buddy. Thank it's, you. It's Ken Zalas, Fantasy Pros, and his uh, rankings every week at PressBoxOnline.com as well. I, we didn't really talk about that this week for whatever reason. but it. I, and I'll admit initially that I was perplexed about it, but – when I looked more into this, they can't come out and say, they can never say they want to give up a touchdown. A coach can't do that because then what he's, we're going to spin it as you don't have, you don't trust your defense, which isn't what he's saying. It's saying in the circumstances, 41 yard line. I don't remember how much time there was left at that point. When uh, the, the, the on the touchdown, um, it was a minute. Was it was like a, a minute. 40. I don't think it was 40. I think it was like a minute 20 15. something. Yeah, you're right cuz Lamar got sat or the strip sack happened yeah. like a minute 15 and then the Steelers so mismanaged the Yeah, well they got a penalty. Like that's, that's the same thing the Ravens did a couple weeks ago against the Colts. It screwed everything up. Don't don't I would recommend you don't get penalties when you're trying to run the clock out. It's a really dumb thing to do. Um so in that moment you're you're right on you're in like you're in field goal range, but it's at the back end. But if they run another play, if you give up a short completion of four to five yards, it's poison now. You're now in hell. You're in, if they pick up another first down, you're never seeing the ball again. So you have a choice to make. And it's a very difficult thing because old school football mentality is get the stop. Like, what, what are you doing? Get the stop. But this is the NFL in 2023 where getting stops is not what it used to be. And at some point on the field, they had to make a decision. When do we go from trying to get a stop to acknowledging that we need to make sure we get the ball back? And when exactly they made that decision, they can't tell you. But if you get under a minute, then it's obvious to the Steelers now. And the Steelers on their sideline are telling the team, don't score. 
the way that, uh, what's his face, Patrick Mahomes a couple weeks ago said, I'm not going to score. Now, that would have been different. That would have been a two-score game at that point, so it wouldn't have been quite as obvious. But in a two-score game, he knew not to score. This would have still been a one-score game. It would have been abundantly obvious, don't go into the end zone. Stop. Let the game end with us kicking a field goal. They never see the ball again. So at some point, the Ravens had to make a decision. Where do we go from trying to play defense to either we get a sack or we just don't try? And for them, the good news is it wasn't even blatantly obvious, right? Like Because then once it becomes blatantly obvious, then the receiver is like, well, you're not even trying to. to right. Oh, right, because I shouldn't want to score here. But the Ravens still had two timeouts left. So I think that George Pickens had to score on that play because if he goes out inside the 10, then you know you've got to give him the ball back. Right, unless he, like, I guess slides at the one-yard line. I would think that he would have to slide. I think you would have to slide outside the 10 so that you would still have the ability to get another first down Mm. without scoring. Once you get inside the 10, it's the same scenario, right? Like, you can – I guess they would have gotten the clock down under 30 seconds. They could have given the ball back to the Ravens with under 30 seconds left and no timeouts, but if you only kick a field goal, it's just a field goal game. It, 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 that's why it's such an eternal chess match. Like It's the, the decision-making that has to happen there. But it absolutely, without them being able to say it, reads as we decided in that moment either we're getting a sack and getting them back out of field goal range or we're giving up a touchdown. Because if this goes any further, we're not going to have the option of giving up the touchdown any longer. And I can't beat them up over that. We come back in. We're going to preview Ravens-Titans with Derek Rackley, who is on the call for Westwood One, former NFL tight end. Uh, Don't forget, the Tyus Bowser Show returns one week, not even one week, five days from now. Next Tuesday night, October 17th, we will be at Mother's North Grill in Timonium with Tyus and a special guest. It's all brought to you by Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and A.J. Michaels. Find out more, PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. But we will see you next Tuesday for the Tyus Bowser Show, Mother's North Grill in Timonium. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Libation Trail. For more info, head to visitharford.com. Maryland Open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the higher edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR, Stan the Fan Charles will be back with us tomorrow, but tonight he will be on Zoom. And on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash pressboxsports at 6 o'clock, previewing the Maryland Five Star with a cross-country course builder Tyson Rementer. That's tonight at 6, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. If you miss it live, you can see it tomorrow, youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. Ravens-Titans Sunday in London joining us now. This man will be on the national radio call on Westwood One. He is former NFL long snapper and tight end Derek Rackley, and he's back with us here on GCR. Derek, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, you bet, Glenn. Just uh, doing some prep work here before I head down to the airport to uh, take the trip over the Long pond here tonight. Flight. You're not. You're not getting out early like the Ravens did. You're. You're coming in. <laughs> I, we, yeah. Yeah, my my company decided not to pay for the entire week uh, for me to go out on Monday like they did for the Ravens. Stay However, actually, I did do a back-to-back last year where I stayed out there for 10 days. So I have done it before. 
but I, I heard uh, John Harbaugh's comments earlier in the week saying, well, we did it one way the last time and it didn't work out for us, so we're doing it a different way this time. And, I, and you know what's funny, Derek? Like, I, I have no idea if any of this actually matters or not, right? Like, I don't know if you get to Sunday and any of that stuff matters. But considering how disastrous it was for the Ravens the last time, I think all of us in Baltimore are like, yeah, I'm glad you're doing it that way. Like that makes a lot of sense. Whatever you did last yeah, time, I mean, the, do the exact opposite of that this time. It, it's funny because even even John Harbaugh said like there's not any actual data or studies or anything out there that says whether or not it's better to go out on Thursday versus going out earlier in the week. But but uh, yeah, you know it's one of those deals where it's like, hey, whatever we did last time didn't work out. So if it's something as simple as us leaving earlier and maybe we get our sleep schedule right by the time Sunday rolls around, let's try something different. Derek, uh, before we get into talking about this game, I want to run something by you because we had our friend Morgan Cox on the show yesterday. Okay. <laughs> and and Morgan's, I love Morgan, right? I I don't know anything about this, but I know exactly that Morgan's, you know, what a six-time Pro Bowler and has been around some of the greatest special teams units in football history. And I asked him, I said, have you ever thought about whether or not you might be the best long snapper in the history of football? And he <laughs> laughed, and of course, you know, knowing who he is, like, dude, I've I never thought about that. But you are a guy that actually knows a thing or two about this, right? Like, you, yeah, you yeah. actually have something to offer to the conversation, unlike the rest of us who can't name more than three long snappers in the history of football. <laughs> <laughs> is there a chance yeah. that like he's in that conversation given everything he's accomplished? Yeah, no, there's definitely a chance he's in that conversation. And I love the fact that he's being humble about it. But but let me just give you a quick little background if you weren't aware of this. But back in when I was playing, and, and I hate to have to say that, but it's the truth, right? <laughs> I was a rookie in 2000, and I ended up playing through the 2007 season. Back then, they didn't have Pro Bowl long snappers. Right, they just brought so whoever the kicker about, brought. You know, yeah, midway through my career, they they ended up changing that, and they started to the the whole advent of bringing long snappers out. And even then, it was the coaches selected a guy, and it just had it had to be obviously somebody from their conference, and it couldn't be somebody on their same team, right? So if like you were the Falcons team and you were the Pro Bowl coaching staff that year, you couldn't select your long snapper, right? Well, things have evolved over the years, and now they're to the point to where it's a, a, a position that's being selected like any others. And to Morgan Cox's credit, he's been one of the best in the league throughout the, you know, call it the past 10 to 15 years. And so when you start throwing around the amount of games that he's played and the amount of Pro Bowls that he's been selected for, then, yeah, he's got to be thrown in that conversation as, as one of the best ever. I mean, yeah, you could, you could throw out the guys like the Mike Bartrams of the world, Dale Hellestrays of the world. These are guys back – Again, in my day or before, that snapped for 15, 18 years. Uh, Trey Junkin would be another one that was in that uh, category of guys, as far as lifelong, long snappers, long time in the NFL. But, yeah, definitely Morgan Cox, when I was doing the prep work, and I was like, yeah, I remember this guy from Baltimore, yeah. and I was playing on the other side, really, really talented player. Really well, talented. All right, I promise everybody that's the end of the long snapper portion of the conversation. I promise <laughs> we're not going to go further, but it just really did hit me as we were talking. He's such a great dude, and it was great to catch up with him, and it hit me like, wow, you know, like he could be in that list. So I appreciate the fact that I'm not insane and that you backed it up, Derek Rackley. There you go, there you go. Um, I, The Ravens are such a weird team. Both of these teams are really weird teams to figure, right? Like I, I think most people think the Ravens are very good, and I think most people think the Titans are not very good. And yet, the, I, I'll start on the Ravens side of thing before we go to the Titans, Jekyll and Hyde. 
I don't know what to make of a team that, again, last week we know the story is they dropped the ball, right? Like, if they just catch the football, they probably win mm-hmm. comfortably on the road in Pittsburgh, and they're sitting at 4-1 and one and undefeated in the division, and life is good. But they didn't do that, and when they faced adversity, it, things got away from them, and that kind of reminds you of what happened in Indianapolis and so what happened last year before Lamar Jackson got hurt where they blew a bunch of, you know, double-digit leads early in the season. I don't. I I think the answer is that Ravens are okay and they'll be fine and they're not going to drop eight balls in a game again. Like that's it was an anomaly, but the totality of some of these weird results, it, it just makes me start to wonder. Like, is it with Patrick Queen's frustration after the game? Is it starting to be in their DNA a little bit that they don't handle these situations well? Well, here's one thing I can tell you, and this is not anything that's mind-shattering by any means, but if you let a team hang around in a, in a game, an NFL team hang around in a game, there's a chance that you're going to get beat, even if you were the dominant team throughout the entire game. And that's kind of what I was thinking as I was going back and I was watching the Ravens last week. I'm watching the game. I'm like, ooh, gosh, there's a drop. Ooh, ouch, there's another drop. Oh, there's a slip and a fall, and that should have been a touchdown. Oh, there's another drop, right? That's what every Ravens fan was thinking probably with some more choice words and maybe hair pulling out along the way as well. But those are the mistakes, which I've actually already started my keys to the game next week. And for Baltimore, it's simply, you can't have the self-inflicted wounds. And a lot of times when you talk about self-inflicted wounds in football, it's false starts. It's holding penalties that get you backed up on drives, which I still think that's the case. But for Baltimore, the self-inflicted wounds are dropping the football, like just doing your job. And you're right. It's probably an anomaly. I mean, they have really good players, and Zay Flowers is a really talented young receiver, but he had a rough week last week, right? And and unfortunately, you get thrown in the middle of the spotlight playing in the NFL when you're a rookie and you're one of the first-round draft picks, and you get thrusted into being a focal point of the offense, especially as Odell Beckham Jr. gets back up to speed, and he didn't have a great game, right? And it's part of the reason why they ended up losing, because Pittsburgh's got enough players defensively to where they can make you pay hang around in the game, and they ended up winning it. So I agree with you. Baltimore is still a good football team. They've got to get back to what they do best. Number one, that's securing the football. I was going back and looking at some of the results in a turnover margin since John Harbaugh has been the head coach. That's one of the things he does is win the turnover margin, and they're not quite doing that this year. they got to take the football away on defense, and then they just got to simply catch it and possess it on offense. Derek, aside, if you take away the drops last week, you know, for example, uh, by the way, Derek Rackley is with us on GCR. He's on the call for Westwood One for Ravens-Titans. Derek, if you take away the drops and you just look at the performance, Lamar Jackson was graded out by PFF, and I know that's not Bible, but he was graded out as the best offensive player in the league this past week. I, yep. I feel yep. like there is enough to me that's encouraging about what what has changed in a Todd Munkin offense. And we know it's still not perfect, but I still think we should be encouraged by the trajectory and where this is headed for the Ravens offensively and the changes that Todd Munkin made this season. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think you got a healthy Lamar Jackson. And again, still trying to figure out the nuances of the Todd Munkin offense. Obviously had great success with Georgia the past few years, but having to kind of make some tweaks and put his little spin on things back in the National Football League, and and that's just a a sense sense of comfort from your quarterback, your offensive line, all the other playmakers that get a chance to touch the ball. But when you've got a guy that's got the electricity that Lamar Jackson does, it's like at any point he can end up taking over the game. And I know that they're – you know, maybe trying not to have him run as much this year, although that is like still the focal point of what he does the best at that position. 
is his ability to make people miss and, and pick up first downs in the run game. You got to remember going back into my generation, I played with a guy named Michael Vick, who was probably, you know, one of the best ones to, to be able to do all the things that Lamar Jackson is doing back in the two thousands. And a lot of what I see out of Lamar Jackson is the same with Michael Vick, even though Lamar Jackson's probably more accurate than Michael Vick was at this point in his career, as far as throwing the football, but the electricity when he's running with it, he gives him a chance to win every game assuming that the playmakers around him help him out by making some plays, right? Last week, obviously, is the, is the memory that's at the top of our head. But they've still got all the playmakers. They've got the quarterback. They've got the guys out on the perimeter, the offensive line, the defensive. I think they got two of the best inside linebackers in the National Football League, not saying the best because San Francisco would probably make an argument that they got a couple of good ones as well. But they got some playmakers all over the field and probably one of the most clutch kickers of this generation. They're, they're still a really good football team. Derek, the only thing that is concerned, it's funny because the defense has played out of their minds this season, right? But the yep. edge rush thing, nobody really wants to talk about it because the defense on the whole is playing well. But at the end of the game last week, when one team needed to make a defensive play in order to win it, they were able to do that because they just had somebody who was an ass kicker. And I know that TJ Watts don't yep. go on trees, right? Like they're, he's a rare yep. breed. Yep. But they had someone who was an ass kicker that could just go win up front and make a play against a really good offensive tackle and win a football game. The Ravens didn't have that. They don't have that guy on this team. Um, I am convinced that for as good as the defense is, when you need to win close games at the end, that has to happen because someone, not scheming your way to pressure, but someone can just go blow things up because they're that good. And I would be in the Daniil Hunter market or the Brian Burns market or whatever guys might be out there. Where are you at with what the Ravens present at edge rush at the moment, despite their defense being good? Yeah, and I I completely see where you're going because outside of my roles with with Westwood One, I also do some work with the Atlanta Falcons here uh, locally. I live in the Atlanta area, and I I was kind of making the same argument a couple of weeks ago that they don't have that player out on the edge, much, much like you're making the argument that Baltimore doesn't. But then I would also say in that same breath that there's probably only, I don't know, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, maybe 10 guys, 10 or 15 guys in the National Football League that you could put into that category, like a T.J. Watt, um, you know, like a Von Miller when he's healthy, even an Aiden Hutchinson up and coming with the Detroit Lions and some of the other guys um, down in Dallas, right? Like you've got so many, so many really good pass rushers, but that's the reason why those guys get paid at a premium. That's why they're some of the best in the National Football League because they don't come around very often. Um, but I still feel like Baltimore has some really good players on the defensive side of the ball. Does it always have to be? An edge rusher? No, it doesn't. It could be an inside linebacker. It could be a Patrick Queen. It could be a Roquan Smith. But you're right. In, 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 the, in the respect that sometimes you just need somebody to go make a play, right? Like in this day and age, we get so swallowed up in X's and O's and schemes and defensive coordinator versus offensive coordinator. Sometimes at the end of the day, you just need somebody to go out there and make a freakish play whether that's a wide receiver that goes over the top of somebody on a final drive, that's a defensive end with a pass rush to get a sack in a strip at the end of a game, or maybe it's a defensive back picking off a pass on a final drive. That's not necessarily X's and O's. That's just a premier talented player going and making a play when his team needs it the most, right? And sometimes that's what it boils down to. Pittsburgh got it last week. Baltimore maybe didn't, but maybe they do this week, and who knows who that player is going to be. 
On the other side of this on Sunday, Derek, is a Titans team that has similarly been really Jekyll and Hyde this season, right? And I, I don't yep. I don't think they're a very good team, but they had a hell of a performance against the Bengals, and they beat a Chargers team. I, how do you figure out which Titans team you're going to get? Is it as simple as if they can establish the run early, they have a chance, and if they can't, they, they don't really have another pathway in order to be victorious? Well, they've got, they've got a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill that's played a ton of football, but I don't think he's doing, I don't think he's doing enough to help this team win. And when I say that, you've got two touchdown passes against five interceptions, and that's going to be tough to win in National Football League when that's kind of your stat line when it's touchdowns to interceptions. Then you couple that with the fact the running game has not been as consistent as they needed to. The one thing that I pointed out when I was doing my research is that the two games this year where Derrick Henry had the most carries, 20-plus in a game, and he had his highest production performances in the run game, okay, his two highest yardage totals, they've won. In the other three games that he's been lower than 20 carries in a game, or he has not hit like last week, he only had 43 yards on the ground, they struggled. Now they've got a, a young player in Tajay Spears that I think is a really nice compliment to him because he's the slasher. He's the guy that's got the quickness. He's, he gets out into open space and he can make people miss. And then you've got the, the freight train in Derrick Henry where you get him a little bit of momentum. And I feel bad for somebody that has to try to tackle him. Right. But they just haven't been able to get Henry going enough to where he can take over much like he has earlier on in his career, even the last couple of years. So in my opinion, again, going back to the comment that I was talking about with the Ravens, where you sometimes need guys to make plays, in the NFL, if your best players are not performing, it's going to be hard to win. So for the Titans to be successful, and even if they're going to have a chance to beat Baltimore in London, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry have to play well. They're the two of the best players on this offense. They have to play well. Tannehill has to find DeAndre Hopkins with the football, and Derrick Henry has to be that freight train in the run game that he's done throughout his career. That's what makes this team go. If those two guys aren't playing at a high level, they're going to struggle. It's simple. Um, I, yeah, it sounds simple enough. Now the question is, can the Ravens go slow them down? That's the that is yeah. all it comes down to <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, Derek Rackley, of course, you can uh, everybody can follow Derek on Twitter at drack48 is the way to do it. Sunday morning, nine thirty a.m. Ravens Titans from London on Westwood One. Derek, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. Enjoy the trip overseas, and we'll t- catch up again down the road, all right? Okay, Glenn. Appreciate it. Take care now. Derek Rackley with us here on GCR, previewing Ravens Titans. And speaking of Ravens Titans, Sunday morning in London. It's going to be a fun morning, and the official Ravens game watch party for Ravens Titans is happening at one of my favorite places in town, a place where we like to hang out throughout the year. It is, of course, Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. And Paige and Haley from Guilford Hall are in studio. All right, first of all, who's who? So I apologize. That's who's? Okay. No, it's okay. I'm Haley. You're Haley. I'm you're Haley. Paige. That's right. Yes. Thank you for coming in and hanging Thank out you with for us. Having us. Yes. You have no idea how much I love this place. Oh my like, gosh. We I'm so happy to hear it. Love. Guilford Hall. Can I can I pull the curtain back for a second? I remember the first time it was presented to me. Hey, we're gonna go to Guilford Hall. I hadn't been, and I was like, "Huh, we're going to Station North to do a show. That's that's interesting, right?" Different. <laughs> I pull up and I'm like, "When did this happen? <laughs> yep. yep. What is going on here? Yes. Like, what a cool and the fun part for me is now telling everybody else." It seems like Guilford Hall Brewery has like changed the neighborhood, mm-hmm. has changed the entire area. Mm-hmm. It has become 
like the place where people hang out and has lifted up kind of the entire surrounding area. How neat has it been to sort of see what Guilford Hall Brewery has done for the entire region? Yeah, it's absolutely been um, it's been amazing. I had the same reaction when I um, joined the team at Guilford and I um, actually visited in person. Um, it's a stunning place. And like you said, um, it's it's helping to improve the community, bring people together, um, create a gathering space. And I think that's just been very much needed for that area of Baltimore. And it just makes me absolutely elated to be a part of it you walk in and you're just like wait wait there's more there's yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's just yeah, unbelievable it's the facility and i know you guys we're gonna get to the party on sunday which is bonkers <laughs> but like you guys do weddings you guys do all sorts of on top of just being like a cool place to come hang out have a beer and get some delicious food oh yeah we That's do a right. lot of events we do a lot of um off sites we love to be you know part of the community no matter what that is um we love to get our name out there and yeah, we're just trying to build an empire over here, and that's our first, you know, step is getting our name out there. It's such a cool place. Yes, uh, thank you. I, yeah, I, thanks you, for the kind words. I, yeah, we I appreciate that. I cannot say enough. Anytime <laughs> someone says like, "Well, I haven't been yet," I'm like, "Dude, you have no idea what you're about." To <laughs> Your mind is going to be blown. And like, I think also part of it is people are kind of used to there's not like a brewery on every corner, exactly. right? And I'm like, no, this place is different. <laughs> yes, it's very different. We also it's, have a full bar, so you know, yeah, it's and different. restaurant. Yeah. Um, so you know, you can eat and and drink, and we have our whiskey bar, so you know, it's not just beer that's the question we get all the time is is it just beer and the answer is no and it's also not we just have bar food like when you say that's it's a right. restaurant like a lot of people can go to places like this and they're like all right we'll get some wings like right well, there's an entire damn menu yeah. going on here <laughs> yeah. like there is yeah. a lot i had a grapefruit salad the yes. last time i was there that, just, that one's delicious delicious delicious, yeah. delicious by <laughs> the way that is a ten and a half. The grapefruit salad. I also got the bangers and mash the week before. I'm oh, not always eating grapefruit salad. He switches it up. Okay, yeah, yeah. mix it up from time to time. <laughs> um, this thing on Sunday, and I know you guys have been doing like you just had the Oktoberfest event a couple weeks ago that was yep. really cool. And I know you guys you say events all the time, mm -hmm. but this one is like a ten and a half. This yeah. is the coolest thing that I think I've ever heard about. You're opening at eight a.m. And it's just like a celebration of the Ravens and Guilford Hall. Mm -hmm. What do people need to know about Sunday? Absolutely. So um, the event is free to the public. We're going to be um, the 1600 block of Guilford Avenue will be closed. So in that area, we will have um, various things. We're gonna I, have I didn't realize that part. Of yeah. This let me, is like yeah. a full party. on block party. That's Holy right. Yeah. Crap. So this is definitely one of our biggest events that we've uh, orchestrated so far. So yeah. um, in, uh, in the 1600 block right in front of Guilford Hall, there's going to be um, food, beer, drinks. Um, we're also going to have the Duncan Community Cruiser coming out, mm -hmm. which is super, super exciting. Are there going to be big Duncan outdoor fans. screens for the game? That's right. Yes, yes. we're going to have multiple big screens outdoors. We're going to have a stage. Damn. We're going to be doing a DJ um, before and during commercial breaks, um, before the game and during breaks. And then um, we'll also have a band afterwards. So there's going to be plenty of live entertainment, um, lots of good food. Um, we'll have brunch available. Um, and then some also some uh, game day street food options. And um, we're also selling uh, all you can drink wristbands. So those are available on our website. I mean, it's a it's a really, really cool for, event. For, it's, you're really a getting a good deal for a day that starts at 8 a.m. <laughs> let me let me repeat this 8 a.m. <laughs> and what time do you guys close on Sunday? Nine. Nine. So all day. So it's so an all day. Stay there. there and watch more football afterwards. That's exactly yep. the plan. We'd love to keep everybody around. Um, we'd like to make this an all day thing, like you said. Um, so yeah, that you're gonna get some good deals, have some good food, and enjoy uh, enjoy the game with everybody else. Um, we'd like to bring you know as many people 
uh, as many Ravens fans from Baltimore uh, into our space, and so we can kind of have a collective um, gathering, gathering and yep. make it um and make it a kind of touch point. Yep. Yeah. Well, one of the things you actually don't know is, that, unfortunately, I it won't be me, but we our post game show that we do, mm-hmm. we're one of my one of my co hosts is going to be at the party on Sunday. Oh, that's amazing! And hey. is going to be doing. She's going to be looking for like a quiet place to go. Yeah. So oh, I might yeah. I might have to have her seek you out to like find <laughs> like if there's a spot that. where Absolutely. she can go for the post game <laughs> show. Point her in our direction. Um, we'll, Rita's we'll going to be there, but she um <clears throat> when she heard the word bottomless mimosas. <laughs> yep. Yes. That is a key word that people, yep, people need to know yeah, about that. Tell, so, tell me a little bit more. Sure, about the, sure. Uh, so not only are we, um, not only are we uh, offering a unlimited uh, draft Guilford draft beer option, there's also an unlimited Guilford draft beer and mimosa option. Mm-hmm. So you can choose either. And you know, I know I'm definitely a mimosa girl myself. <laughs> I know I'm, I think I've convinced Glenn here, but yeah, um, so we in. wanted to kind of offer something for everyone. Um, Wandering over to GuilfordHall.com right now. <laughs> Grab your wristbands. A more that's right. That's right. This. That's right. Uh, but it's important, again, it's Paige and Haley are here from Guilford Hall Brewery. It's important to say you don't need to buy a ticket ahead of time just to get in. Anybody right. can just come hang out starting at 8 a.m. on Sunday. That is correct. Yeah. There is a RSVP option on our website. However, um, it's not required. You're absolutely welcome to come with you and your flock on Sunday. Um, yeah, free to the public. And then the wristbands are the, pur- are the purchase option, food for purchase. Um, and then we're also going to have, um, moving away from the alcohol topic, <laughs> the we're going to have a, a kid's zone as well, I, sponsored yeah. by Dunkin' Donuts. So I, if you want to bring your, your kids along, everyone's welcome. Man! <laughs> Something for everybody. That's right. Oh, Mrs. Clark might be going without me on <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> might be an awkward day for me. Um, so I know the early bird, that part is over. That's yes. right. But still, these prices are pretty freaking good. Oh, yeah. yeah. All you can drink. Mm-hmm. That's right. So we have our uh, all you can drink Guilford draft beer right now for $30. And then yep. the uh, all you can drink Guilford draft beer and mimosas at $35. So, um, you know, if you think about what you normally be spending at the stadium, you're definitely getting um, quite yeah, a deal if here. You're making the day out you of really it. You really are. You're, you're frankly robbing them. Pretty much. Yeah, being pretty honest. much. So buy yeah. a wristband. Yes. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> if you're going to be there and hang out and watch the one o'clock games afterwards, and you are going to come out significantly on top in this process. That's exactly. right. That's right. You're Jeez. making a, a. It'll be a big win, hopefully, Sunday. Yep. Big wins all big around. Big wins all around. Yeah, that's. Oh, we are rooting for that. Yeah. All right, that's right. So you mentioned, is there going to be other like food specials? Are there going to be anything else going on? I mean, first of all, the menu is already quite complete and quite (laughs) good, but you're not normally open at 8 Mm a.m. on a Sunday. So from a food standpoint, is there going to be anything different? Yeah, that's definitely an important question. I know people are going to be hungry early. So um, um, we are offering our brunch menu. And then in addition, we're going to have a a couple um, sausage and pretzel stations where you can kind of build your own um, sausage. No, no, no. no, no, Hang on a second. You're speaking my love language now. (laughs) Say that. What do you mean, build your own? So, um, you can get a, you get some toppings in the mm-hmm. sausage, um, and then the pretzels. They're gonna be um, our, our not our giant pretzels, but they're still very good. Um, so we're gonna have some cool appetizer options there, and then Dunkin' Donuts. I know is also um, gonna sponsor some um, cocktail. Co- sorry, coffee cocktail mm-hmm. inspired inspired drinks. Yes, and they're also serving munchkins that morning. Um, so we got some sweets, and we got some got savory. Brunch, coffee, cocktail. I mean, That's God. right. What more could you ask for? This That's is one of the right. coolest parties I've ever heard of. <laughs> so our restaurant will be open during the party, um, and you can, you're more than welcome to um, sit down inside and have brunch. Um, but then the uh, sausage and pretzels and everything, that'll be Out outside. On the, for on the, the block party. That's yes. correct. Part yes. of this. 
Whew, man, it's hard to keep up <laughs> with what's going on. <laughs> yeah, on I mean, you could you could get lost in there, but yeah. I mean, it's and it's, and the band will be outside afterwards. That's correct. Um, the Ruckstones are playing at noon. At noon, yeah. So. Okay. So, so they start at noon. man, this is such a cool thing. This is such a cool. Yeah, we're excited. Like, I, I mean, is the idea to maybe like do more events like this? One hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. So you had mentioned our Oktoberfest that happened um, a couple weekends ago. So that we definitely like to continue growing that event. That um, is kind of our anniversary event that we hold annually. So mm-hmm. looking to hopefully close down the street again for that next year. Um, but we're we're just quickly climbing here and quickly yep. growing, and I think we're gonna have a lot more opportunities in the future to do big things like yes. this. So and cool. bring people from Baltimore together. Yeah. So right. stay tuned. Both yeah. <laughs> both of you, for anybody who has not been, and you say this is the one beer that you have to try while you're here on Sunday. I'll start Paige, I'll start with you. That's First, a, one beer that you've got to try. That's a really hard question, um, Glenn. I will say I will say I feel like my favorite that you have to try would be <laughs> it's like picking wait a favorite for it. kid. I wait it's for like it. picking a favorite kid right now. Wait, I know, legitimately. Um, I am a big fan of our. This might be a turn off to some people. I'm a big fan of our oatmeal stout. So that's a great morning beer. It does sound um, like a good morning beer. It is delicious. I, no, it I, is. It is very chocolatey. I'll only push back. Probably not a good all you can all day drink type beer. <laughs> that's right. That's so you want to play it? Yeah. Right. I would go a little lighter on the yeah. all you could drink beer. No, for sure. But like, try one during the course of the day, then maybe go for yeah, the rest over. of the day. Yes. That's the way that I would yes. feel. Yep. I just feel like that's not going to go so well if you keep going. No, you're absolutely right. And I'm glad you mentioned that because we don't want to point anybody in the wrong direction here. But yeah, if you just by the end of the day, give the oatmeal stout a try. It's my favorite. I know Haley will probably have a more. <laughs> I'm um, not an oatmeal stout girl, but that's, that's okay. right. But that's okay. That's why. That's why we work out. Maybe yours would be taste. a better all day drinking beer. Yeah, she yeah. probably has better advice there. Well, I'm more of like I'm more like. IPAs type of vibe. Mm-hmm. We don't really have any IPAs at Guilford, but we do have our BPA, which is, which is our British Pale Ale. Very good, a little bit on the lighter Fitting side. Fitting day maybe to try the, the BPA that's on Sunday, yeah. right? So I feel like that, you know, if people are not really looking for a heavier beer, I feel like that's definitely better option more than I like it's kind of similar to an IPA but just a, on the lighter version it's very good that's a great great suggestion I totally that totally slipped my mind I'm glad you <laughs> well, mentioned that Haley here, it isn't <laughs> here but yes get our BPA it's you know it's it is a little bit hoppier but still drinkable for those people who um don't really like a hop overload so that's that's what's great about our beers is that they're so they're just super easy to drink and very enjoyable and a bunch of different options that's too. yeah that's right, what we like give to me push one thing that maybe i haven't tried on the menu that mm. i need to try on the menu one thing so let me ask you have you been for brunch yet i've not been okay for brunch. okay so this will be easy <laughs> yeah um i'm gonna say um I get this every time I'm there for brunch. The steak and eggs platter. Oh my god! I, I think I, I think it actually it might be called something else on the menu. I should know this, <laughs> but it's uh, steak and eggs. You get a side of Texas toast, um, and some and some. Uh, I think I think it's bacon. I'm not sure. It's a loaded plate. It's delicious. All it's right. a perfect I'm game gonna need day to meal. Requ- I'm gonna need to request that the next broadcast we do, Tracy. <laughs> we do it during brunch. Yes. If we could make sure the next time we do a live show <laughs> at Guilford. Oh my God, that sounds incredible. Gotta get you in the brunch. Yep. Right. Yep. What about you, Haley? What? I would say definitely our um, waffle plate. It comes with waffles with um, strawberries and Nutella on it, like a chocolate 
kind of sauce on there. It's very good. Yeah. And um, the, very rich. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big chocolate girl. So uh, big sweet right. girl over here. So yep. anything sweet. <sighs> the waffles are delicious. Yeah, like, I will I will attest to they that. I don't really want to keep working. Can we Griffin, <laughs> yeah, can yeah, we just like us. cancel the, the show and go back? Is that possible? Can we just postpone everything else that we I'm have to cool do today? That. I'm cool with that. And go right back to Guilford Hall because that sounds way more pleasant. Sunday morning. That's 8 a.m. Right. Everything starts yep. and again open till nine. Correct. Is there a? I, I was gonna. Is there a preferred location? Does somebody need to like quick catch a quick nap in the afternoon? <laughs> is there like a spot maybe like upstairs? Hey, we like can find you, you a could, place. You yeah, know what? Right? Let's find you yeah, a place. Yeah, we'll make it work. All right. <laughs> There's um, plenty of space at Gopher. It's so. gonna be such a cool party. It is it the official. And uh, uh, the the band is gonna be there. Yep, the That's band. right. The cheerleaders. Yeah, Poe's gonna be there. The mm-hmm. cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Smith's gonna be hanging yep. out. Yep. We're gonna have some raffles, games, all kinds of stuff. Yep. So it's I am beyond pumped. It's going to so be a cool. very fun it's event. Yeah, and this cool is thing. and this was also you know something that we had to orchestrate in a in a short time frame. And I know that everyone on our team has been Amazing. working incredibly hard to make this happen. And same with um, the Ravens on their end. So yeah. we're just super super um, grateful to be a part of this and have this opportunity. So it's just let it's, me let me add one more layer to this. Sure. I've never heard organically from more people talking about an event like this. Well, like, that's what we like to course yes. of the week. Thank you so much for that. I, 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 that to me has been the wild, like when I have heard from people, dude, you're going to be there, right? Like I'm like, <laughs> everybody is talking about this. Oh party. my gosh. Yeah, that everybody makes me feel so good. Everybody is talking about <sighs> this event. And I think <sighs> part of it is just, it's the perfect location absolutely. because everybody likes Guilford Hall. That's absolutely. right. It is the perfect place to be doing. That's this. absolutely right. Yep. And um, we will have valet parking that morning. So hopefully no headaches there. Um, and, and I would tell you too, even in the neighborhood, like there's a lot of parking 100%. available. I will yep. tell you not, I, every day when I go to work nine, nine, nine times out of 10, I easily find a spot. So I, that's, a, that's a question we get often. So just for legit, those logistics people I'm, who are worried I'm, about parking. Oh, I am so old worry. manish about that. Like yeah. I'm, I'm 40 <laughs> no. now and like that's. I've no, moved I'm into that phase where I've become my, become my father. Oh, no, we where, did it. We like, did it. Oh, I don't know I if know I want to exactly be there. There's no, parking. there's no parking. Yep. No, there's lots of parking. <laughs> yes. There is it's parking available. It's not difficult. In ballet on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So. Um, again, get to guildfordhall.com to get your all-you-can-drink tickets yep. ahead of Sunday. Yes. Paige, Haley, and I genuinely mean this. Like, I have loved this partnership. Like, yeah. And it is, when we come to shows there... I, T- Tyus gets excited about it. Yeah. Like his teammates get excited about. Oh, that's where the show is. Yes. It's been such a perfect place for us to partner up with. Uh, I love Guilford Hall Brewery. Thank you, we really appreciate yeah, this, that. It's been it's idea. been a super super uh, beneficial partnership for us as well. Yeah, um, we love yeah our next Tyus Bowser show will be um, November seventh. I'm sorry, November sixteenth. Wait, November seventh. Mm-hmm. November seventh. Um, at Guilford Hall, so that's coming up too with Pressbox. Oh, this makes me very happy. This all website. makes me so happy that we'll be back there. <laughs> Glenn, thank you so much for all the accolades. We appreciate. Yeah, it. No, yeah, it's genuine. Love to hear it's that. genuine. It's so much easier when you partner with somebody and you like actually like the product. Yeah, yeah, like it's it so yeah, much it's easier to do these when you're like, no, that's a place I like to be. Oh, one hundred percent. Love, love it. This is gonna be awesome on Sunday. Thank you for coming and hanging thank out. Thank you so with much for having us. We're so excited. We're so excited. It's uh, Paige and Haley from Guilford Hall Brewery. Again, Sunday morning is the party. Griffin, can we take a break or do we? Yeah, we can take a All break. All right, let's grab a break then. Let's grab a break. We'll come back in. Kenny Albert's going to join us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the 
best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life. Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland Open. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. All right, back in here on GCR as we are winding down for a Thursday edition of the program. Again, that's the place to be on Sunday for Ravens-Titans. I, I, God, what else could you be asking for? And I mean that. Like, that's genuine. And I know that uh, all of uh, our crew that comes out for the Tyus Bowser show, I've heard from everybody this week about how fired up they are for uh, Sunday morning and appreciate Paige and Haley from Guilford Hall Brewery stopping by. They even uh, left behind some beer for us. So um, 
what else could you ask for? That is awesome. I love that. Um, really great to catch up with our next guest. I am about six chapters into his new book, A Mic for All Seasons. And so the good news is, because chronologically, his time in Baltimore was at the beginning of his career, it's also at the beginning of his book. So I've already gotten through most of the Baltimore stuff in his book. And if you are a uh, someone whose nostalgia includes the Baltimore Skipjacks and Gene Ubriaco and Barry Trotz, and that just gets your juices flowing, you're going to be really excited about reading A Mike for All Seasons. He is, of course... Fox NFL play-by-play voice amongst basically everything else. The great Kenny Albert is back with us here on GCR. Kenny, it's Glenn. It's always good to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. No problem, Glenn, anytime. Um, Kenny, you know what really came off to me in reading the, the Skipjacks years of your book is how genuine it was that it meant this much to you. And not to take anything away from anything else you wrote, because I get it. Your life was in New York, and you b- grew up around the Rangers, and I did not know that you were a Canucks fan. But I, I, it was really cool to me to read about how serious it was that your time in Baltimore was this meaningful for you in this incredible career that you have had. Well, it really was, Glenn, and you know I appreciate you reading the book. And the two years in Baltimore, as I wrote, I wouldn't trade those in for anything. Uh, love living uh, in Owens Mills, love working in Baltimore at the Baltimore arena for the Skipjacks. It was right around the time when Camden Yards was getting constructed. So I actually attended the last game at Memorial Stadium as a fan. I was at the first game at, at Camden Yards, uh, did a radio show across the street yeah. prior to the game and um, and then lived three years uh, elsewhere in Maryland. I lived in Bowie for a year, then Rockville for two during my time with home team sports. But so many great memories from those years, uh, rooming on the road with Barry Trotz, who was our assistant coach, yeah. who's now the third winningest coach in NHL history, uh, various events around Baltimore uh, with the team, and uh, a lot of great friends that I'm still close with uh, from those two years back in the early 90s. I don't want to give away everything from the book, because I know you want people to buy it and read it, um, but uh, there's a the John Miller story in there that, by the way, it makes all the... As anyone who has ever had a conversation with John Miller knows, in fact, whenever we book John Miller on the show, we always purposely have a rule that we don't book another guest for at least 30 minutes afterwards <laughs> because that's the way that it goes. And so that was maybe one of the most relatable stories that you had told to me in the book was that you brought John Miller up and you ended up bleeding into much of the game because when he gets going, you just sit back and listen. Right. He brought his family to a Skipjacks game and was nice enough to join us as a guest in between periods. And those intermissions are usually around 15 minutes long. And we have a couple of commercial breaks. And his stories were so tremendous that, that he stayed with us uh, probably for the first five minutes of the period just so we can get through all of them. Yep. That's about right. That's John Miller, man. And you don't want to get in the way. You don't, you don't ever want to slow him down because the stories are too good. There's no reason to. The other thing that was genuine to me, Kenny, in reading that portion of the book was you portraying what like the relationship that the Skipjacks had with Baltimore. Like, the Skipjacks mattered. Um, and, and I know, you know, you, you talk about how it was just, you hadn't done a lot of sales, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I, it's sad to me because I did grow up at a time. I was, I was a young person. I have those memories. And my dad and I went to Skipjacks games. And, you know, they were kids that wore Skipjacks sweaters in, in my elementary school. Like, it mattered. It was a real thing. And it kind of brought back a little bit of a sadness for me that it has been this long that there has been no hockey in Baltimore whatsoever. 
when I moved down there, Glenn, in the summer of 90, I had heard so many stories around the office, around the arena, around the city about the Clippers, who had been a minor league hockey team yep. throughout the 60s, 70s, into the 80s, and then the name changed to the Skipjacks. And, you know, during weekday games, we may have only averaged two or 3,000 fans in a big arena, so it looked empty, but they were rabid fans. But on weekends, and especially games against Hershey, when, when so many of their fans would come down, uh, an hour and a half drive, you know, down 83 uh, from 81. And, you know, some of those games we would have six or 7,000, eight or nine at times. So um, it was a pretty rabid fan base. Uh, you know, got to know a lot of the fan club members at the time and um, just great memories. And, you know, it is somewhat sad that there hasn't been hockey in, in Baltimore for such a long time. You know, I know I chronicled in the book that legend has it that in 1967, yeah. it was between Philadelphia and Baltimore for an NHL expansion yeah. franchise. And it wound up going to Philly and the Flyers, obviously, but um, it was a rabid fan base. Fans in Baltimore loved their sports. I mean, at that time, it was it was only the Orioles. Yep. The Ravens had not moved yet uh, to Baltimore. Uh, the Capitals and Bullets, you know, played in Landover at the time, so... I know they, they did have a, a fan base. You know, the, 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 the Bullets had been in Baltimore, obviously, until the mid-'70s and then moved down to the Capitol Center, which became the U.S. Air Arena. So it wasn't really that long removed. It was only 14 years since they had played in Baltimore. And, and when I lived there, they still played three or four home games in Baltimore every season. So it's a, it's a great sports town. Uh, I was so happy to see the Orioles' success throughout the 90s once, once Camden Yards opened up and, um, obviously the Ravens have had great success as well. He is Kenny Albert. Again, the book is A Mike for All Seasons, and we've linked it up on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio, for you to go find it. Kenny, I wonder if I could, because maybe you eventually say these exact words later in the book, as I mentioned. I'm only the first six chapters in. But when you talked about like those years and establishing yourself, and you had already had some opportunities at a level much higher than anyone your age probably had opportunities but I feel like it would have been easy for you to just stay in New York, never go do anything else. You know, you're, you're Marv's son. You could, you could probably take on roles moving forward, stay right there. But it felt like almost the unspoken part of what you were saying about the years in Baltimore and then with the Capitals were that it was important for you to establish yourself away from your dad, your uncles, your family, and to be your own person in your own place and your own broadcaster. Was I reading into that correctly? That's definitely a big part of it, but it was a different time back then, Glenn. You know, when I think back to when I finished college, and I did have some opportunities to fill in on four New York Islanders games during that prior season, and that's actually the tape that I used and wound up getting the job with the Skipjacks. But, you know, back then there weren't as many teams, there weren't as many networks, uh, the Internet didn't exist. Uh, satellite TV didn't exist. So all of the, the, the play-by-play broadcasters, which is what I wanted to do in the New York area, they were all veterans. They had been with their teams for 10, 15, 20 years. So, um, you know, there certainly were not any openings at the time. And, and my goal was to work hockey on the radio and, and sent a lot of tapes around and uh, had heard that there was an opening with the Skipjacks from a couple of people and uh, very fortunate to get hired. Uh, the owner, Tom Ebright, and his wife, Joyce, uh, Alan Rackton, Jim Riggs, who were the marketing and PR executives with the team. I went and met with them in Mount Gretna, Pennsylvania, which mm-hmm. the Ebrights had a summer home. And uh, the rest is history, I guess. But um, again, just so lucky, 
so many things had to had to take place, you know, just for the job to be open at the time. And I had those tapes from the Islanders, you know, and then most occasions uh, broadcasters would get a minor league job first and then try and work their way up to the NHL or to another uh, major league sport. But in my case, I did have a couple of sample uh, tapes from those Islander games, and that's what I wound up sending and was hired by the Skip Jackson in June of 1990. Kenny, the other thing that jumped out at me in reading, and in every part of it, reading about your family, reading about, you know, just some of the the kind of uh, almost anomaly, some of the silly moments that you've been able to experience in the NFL over the years. It, I think the other thing that jumped out at me was just the, the, the joy that you have for all of the opportunities, that it's just a genuine appreciation for where you are. And I don't know if that's what drove you in writing the book, but it, it came off just like, wow, I've really been able to experience a lot of really neat things, and I'm just genuinely appreciative of that. Well, I never feel like I'm going to work. There's so much work and travel involved. And just to give you an example, I worked a hockey game in Boston last night for TNT, the Bruins and Blackhawks, and the Rangers open up in Buffalo today. I, I still do uh, about two-thirds of their games on radio. And uh, believe it or not, no flight early enough from Boston to Buffalo uh, in the morning. So, uh, last night, four hours in a car from, from Boston Jesus. to Syracuse. I was not driving, fortunately. Okay. I didn't get some sleep. <laughs> and then, uh, two hours this morning, just get out of an Uber from Syracuse to Buffalo. So, uh, that'll be, that'll be a travel tale for the next book, but, um, it would have taken an early morning flight, but, but there was not one, didn't want to take a chance on connection. So, um, but to get back to your original question, and, and by the way, tomorrow fly to L.A. for a football game uh, on the back end of this trip. But um, just so lucky, fortunate, never feel like I'm actually going to work. There's a lot of work and travel involved and sacrifices, uh, you know, missing most of the weekends with the family. But tried to take advantage of the schedule. My kids were young and I was there for a lot during the week. So uh, it was sort of the reverse schedule that uh, that, that most parents would have, although it's pretty much the norm in this business. Yeah, and obviously, you know, again, as you point out, you're not digging ditches, right? Like I get it. No, exactly. You're, you're exactly. Not, you're not um, you know, it's 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 ta- it's watching sports and calling sports and having incredible connections with amazing people. Kenny, I I think for local fans again, and I and I admit I'm not deep enough yet to know everything, but I, the last time you and I talked was right after Tony Siragusa passed away, and and I got the sense for what he meant to you, but in reading the book, it was even deeper to me because talking about the experiences that you had, and it was interesting to me that you said, like, these are things I wouldn't have done. Like, I I wouldn't have gone out and, and done these things away from the broadcasts, but I did it with Goose and because it was Goose. And I think for everybody in this town that knows Tony Siragusa, none of that is inherently surprising. Like, that's just the way that he lived his life. He was always over the top. But how personal it came off, you know, for you and the experience that you had because of Tony Siragusa, that was really special to me. And it even stood out as being unique when you list all of the incredible partners you've had over the years. It seemed like that one was maybe even a little bit more personal. Well, during the football season, as a production group for one of the networks, uh, you wind up spending Friday morning through Sunday evening with your group. Uh, with your fellow broadcasters, the producer, the director, some of the other production folks. Uh, we arrive in a city on Friday morning. We go to practice. We talk to coaches and players. We have dinner Friday night. Uh, Saturday, uh, with Tony, there was often an activity in the morning. We would go to lunch. Then we would have dinner at our production meeting, and then you do the game on Sunday. So 
you wind up spending more time during those four months with your group than with your family. And they become like family. And working with, with Tony and Daryl Johnston together for eight years, uh, that's a lot of weekends together. That, that was 20 games a year, um, a preseason game, 17 regular season games, and then a playoff game five years in a row. We worked a Pro Bowl together. So that, that's 160 three-day weekends that we spent together. So when you add it up, uh, that's a lot of time. And, and you become like family. And like you said, Tony liked to live life to, his, to its fullest. Um, he was not one who enjoyed sitting in a hotel room doing nothing. Yeah. So oftentimes on Saturday morning, if we were in Buffalo where I am now for a Bills game uh, with Tony, we would be out on a jet boat in Niagara Falls. Um, one time in Dallas, the only time I ever held and shot a gun at a driving at a, at a gun range <laughs> um, in Charlotte. We we uh, Tony actually drove a race car. I sat in the passenger seat of another one with a professional driver. Went around three or four times at 150 miles an hour. Uh, Tony and I were soaked by Shamu at SeaWorld in San Diego. We sat right outside the, the tank. So, and many other examples. But uh, such great years. You know, we lost them way too soon last June, and uh, think about them often. Uh, it was it was powerful to read about, and I and I appreciated how it, it it came off very genuinely different than anything else. The other the other storyline, and again, I I can't wait to read more. But like it it almost felt like. In a way, you alluded a couple times to, I kind of wish I was writing this book after the Rangers won another Stanley Cup. And I appreciated like, like that you had the opportunity to call them winning a Stanley Cup the first time because of you know going over to work with NHL Radio. But like given all the time there and like doing it for the Rangers, it seems like that's pretty clearly the thing that's still out there, like the bucket list thing for Kenny Albert at this point. Well, maybe we'll have to write a sequel someday. Um, I was lucky enough to call that game in, in 94 uh, for NHL radio when they beat Vancouver in game seven. Um, it's been 28 years uh, that I've been associated with them, uh, attended their games as a youngster, you know, for the 20 or 25 prior to that. So um, it's not easy to win, as you know, in any league. And in, in the NHL, there are 31 other teams, but I think this year they have as good a chance as anybody. Uh, they went to the conference final two years ago have a new coach this year and in, in the former Capitals head coach, Peter Laviolette, they get started tonight in Buffalo and it's a tough league. There are a lot of good teams in both conferences, but uh, I think for the next three or four years with this core group, the Rangers certainly have as good a chance as anybody in the East. All right. The, uh, the important question for everybody around here is what would it mean to you to be on the call? Uh, if, and when, I, I don't know where we're at at this point, but I think it's going to happen. Ovechkin breaks the scoring record. Yeah, it kind of looks inevitable at this point, right? Yeah. Um, you know, within about 72, I think, of, of Wayne Gretzky. And it's been, uh, you know, a lot of fun to call his games through the years. I was on the radio call for Westwood One when the Caps won the Cup, uh, you know, in Las Vegas back in 2019. And getting to work with Wayne Gretzky over the last couple of seasons and hearing his comments, uh, he's certainly a big Alex Ovechkin fan. So, um Got to call Connor Bedard's first NHL goal last night. It's pretty cool. Uh, called Wayne Gretzky's last goal in 1999. So that would certainly be exciting if, if the stars aligned and, and uh, Ovechkin broke the record either against the Rangers or on a TNT national telecast. Boy, Bedard, I know there's like the, the, the sport has been loaded. This is maybe the disappointing part is like the sport has been loaded with young stars in recent years. Like the, the, between the Austin Matthews of the world and McDavid, like, but boy, Bedard looks like he's going to be the real deal, huh? 
Oh, he really does. Saw him for the first time in person last night, met him briefly before the game. And when you think about some of the young players that have come into the league recently, Connor McDavid a decade ago, Austin Matthews, Jack Hughes, Connor Bedard certainly looks like the real deal. Uh, the way he was darting all over the ice and every time he has the puck, it seems like there's a scoring chance on his stick. So it was exciting to be there last night when he scored his first goal, picked up his first point the night before in Pittsburgh and looks like he's going to be uh, one of the superstars in the National Hockey League for a long, long time. I think there's going to be a lot of him in a major media market, too. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, Connor Bedard on uh, national TV for a long time to come. Uh, Kenny Albert, I'm looking forward to diving back in. Um, I've really enjoyed the read and just how kind of genuine the whole thing is. A mic for all seasons available right now. We've linked it up on our Twitter account. And again, for Baltimore sports fans, there is a lot in there for you to dive into. Kenny, really appreciate you taking the time for us. But I, I, even the fact that you continue to put over your boy Coleman, I still am willing to read and put over this book, despite the fact that you continue to make it seem like Jerry Coleman is somehow a decent guy and um, and, and not the, the, the big piece of crap that we knew. I mean, that's not true. I love Coleman. I love him. I love him. That's my guy. You know, I'm sure people will be, will be interested in the Baltimore area to read yeah. the stories about Jerry. Um, met him in 1990 as well when I started with the Skip Chats. We had some mutual friends and um, you know, hopefully your listeners will uh, pick up a copy of the book and they can read all about my days in Baltimore and uh, some anecdotes with Jerry and Nestor. We did a show together back in 90, 91, 92. Uh, that's where it all started uh, in downtown Baltimore. So uh, thanks for having me on, Glenn. As always, really appreciate it. Great chatting with you. And thanks for reading the book. Absolutely. Thank you, Kenny. Kenny Albert, again, a Mike for All Seasons is the book. And if you are a Baltimore Skipjacks, I'm telling you, if that's your piece of nostalgia is the Skipjacks, you're going to need to read the book. You're going to need to pick it up. All right, winding down for a Thursday edition of the program. Griffin, you want to tell everybody what's coming up at Live Casino and Hotel? Yes, of course I do. I want to tell you about the second chance to win promotion that they're running right now. Maybe... uh. Like me, you know, I took uh, Connor McDavid to, to to score a goal last night, and then the Oilers to also win. I didn't realize that you were this level of degenerate. I didn't realize that you had oh. reached that point of this. It was not even close. The Vancouver. But you don't really like. Oilers. I I know that you know who the players are, and you have a passing interest. But you're not really. I like Connor McDavid a lot. I get it, but you're like you're doing some shtick when you try to portray yourself as a hockey person. You're, you're. Moderate. It's like me when I was your age. Like I was moderately into hockey, yeah. but I didn't really know hockey. Um. Well, I'm not gonna say I don't know hockey. Griffin, you're but. not that guy. You're you're betting. I get it. I bet on thing. I bet on Ukrainian ping pong. All right. So like, let's settle down. I bet on things I don't know anything about. But I didn't realize that's where you were. Was that you were just betting on hockey now on top it was of everything just else? Terrible. Vancouver beat them eight to one. Oh God. Yeah. It was really bad i don't really understand how you could bet on any individual in a sport like that in baseball you're betting on the pitchers right but in hockey and basketball i don't really understand how you ever bet on those individual regular season games i really and i and i mean that i don't know how people do it edmonton's good luck wasn't on your side in a recent bet everybody would just tell you just bet all the home teams all year long just bet nothing but home teams and you should come out roughly on top guess that's what i yeah well 
Anyway, go ahead. At the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, get ready to turn your losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and January 4th, 2024. All Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. And two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen. Prizes ranging from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social, ultimate happy hour prizes, plus cash and free play worth up to $500 all over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday. Adirondo Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLING. I feel like we need a little bit more, just slightly more of you. Not like a ton. I can give you a lot more, man. I mean, like, I don't mean that like in, genu- in general. I just mean like right now a little bit more. Uh, this is actually a good tweet from uh, Jeff. Jeff said, uh, <laughs> Glenn, I feel like if tonight your wife rolled over and whispered into your ear, all you could eat, make your own sausage bar. It would be better than anything she's ever said to you before. And the answer, Jeff, is yes. That is correct. <laughs> I would prefer that. All right. Uh, let's get a tidbit. Man, I got really excited. Make your own sauce. So- what does that even mean? And I'm thinking about, like, we could put some One onion, way to find onions, out. peppers, yeah, and, maybe. like, all the various mm-hmm. accoutrement that you could do on your sauce. Oh. Maybe I'll get down there for the later games on Sunday. Oh, I would love that. Uh, tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox. Last couple of days for this print issue before it is gone, daddy gone, the love is gone. Lamar Jackson on the cover, great story from Bo Smolka. Go pick it up. There'll be a baseball-themed issue out early next week, available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. What you got for us? The Phillies in the third inning of the game of Game 3 of the NLDS against the Braves. Last season, they sent 10 hitters to the plate, 6 runs, 2 home runs, one of those coming from Bryce Harper. Okay. This season, yeah. they sent 10 hitters to the plate, they scored 6 runs, hit 2 home runs. Eh, one of them by Bryce Harper. One of them by Bryce. That came from Paul Hembo. That's pretty uh, good. That's pretty good. That's um, yeah, Mike Greenberg's yes, producer. Yes. Uh, the Dodgers, they have had 317 regular season wins in their last three seasons and no World Series appearances, the most by any team in a three-season span. Uh, the most wins by any team in a three-season span and not have a World Series appearance during that stretch. Okay. I mean, it's got to be crushing. It's got to be crushing for them that the only World Series they won was not a real World Series. Like, the, I, And I mean that not to take... I hate I'm having kinda, I hate having I, this I'm, conversation about it because then like people are like, who's oh, a real champion? You know what I mean. They didn't get to play any games at home. The community didn't get to have any feel for it. I understand it was the season that happened and everybody had the same opportunity. So despite it being a short season, they were the champions. But like it's not real. A championship is something that your community can embrace and feel. And as awkward as it's been, the way that they've talked about it, I've understood what the Orioles have said. We're like, we had to get a, it, it, we would have been unlucky if our window had been 2020. Like, imagine if that was, you had gone all in as a team for 2020, and then that's what you got out of it. Can't sell any tickets, can't. So, I, I don't know how to, like, the I don't know what Dodgers fans feel. Like, they, they will forever get to say, well, we won a World Series. But you you didn't like you you won something else. It's not the same for the Lakers because like if you, unless you're eight years old, you know like you're a Lakers fan. You remember the real championships that your team won. There were a lot of those. 
tons of them, five. And then if you're a little bit older than that, you know, even more. But the Dodgers, that's the one of the modern era. I just don't know. I, I don't know what it feels like for Dodgers fans. It's crazy to me. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I tend to agree. I mean, like, when I went to the Dodgers game, and they have, you know, like, the big banner and the pen. I mean, they, they, for, like, it's like, yeah, I guess. They should, it because feels, it, it did happen. Like, right. they shouldn't not acknowledge it. Right. Yeah. Like, it occurred. They won this thing. But we just all know it's not the same. And I, I for a Dodgers fan, they can't even pretend like it was the same because they well I don't know they don't know any better they don't know what it's like to really win a championship um again unless you're you know old enough that you'd have to be probably about 40 um to have experienced Kirk Gibson and like what that meant but for anybody younger than that hell even if you're 40 well, you were what 5 at that point I don't even know how much that means to you you probably have to be closer to 50 in order to have that memory um Lakers fans know, like they know the difference. I don't know if Dodgers fans understand it, but like anybody who's ever been in a city that won a championship, it if you can't have a touch, it's not the same. It's not. And I get it in the NFL, the, the Ravens didn't host in either year they won the Super Bowl, they didn't host a game after the wild card round of the playoffs. So it's not like they were hosting every game, but you still had big community rallies and events, and the players were out in town and doing shit. You like you, it. It was real. It was a thing that was happening that you could touch and you could feel. And when you lose all of that, it's just not the same. It's it's really crazy that that's all the Dodgers have to show for this era of baseball. The uh, the angle, obviously. That I guess they would say it's better than the Padres, who have nothing to show for it. Uh, going into tonight, obviously, it is Chief Broncos. And the Broncos have not won this matchup since September of 2015. 15 straight. I saw a great tweet from. Is that the longest? I assume that's got to be the longest. I would assume. I can't imagine there's a series that's been more than 15. It feels so weird because in the AFC North, it's just everything so. Well, I mean, like the Patriots probably dominated the Bills for a few years, but then that changed a couple years ago. I'm trying to think of who even like that possibility would be at this point. So the great tweet came from Casey Sports Network on Twitter, and it said things that did not that didn't exist the last time the Broncos okay. won All a game right. against the Chiefs. Disney Plus was obviously not around. No. Fortnite did not exist. Wow, uh, really? Game of Thrones Season 6 didn't exist. Okay. The song Hello by Adele was not even out yet. <laughs> okay. The Star Wars sequel trilogy had not yeah. even came out yet. <laughs> I think most people would be good if it never happened. <laughs> Stranger Things was not around. Yeah. Tom Holland's Spider-Man did not exist. No appearances. Oh, God, our last Spider-Man was effing no. Andrew Garfield. And White Claws, of course, did not exist. Wow, that's I was a, I mean, I was, I was a, I was starting as a sophomore. Okay, let's not pretend like eight years ago is like an eternity ago. But I get it. In in the context of football, in particular, it is. Hell, was that before Trump? Yeah, yeah. Obama was still president at that point. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that's wild, man. That's wild. Uh, The Broncos have also lost ten straight games after having a lead at halftime. They've already (laughs) lost three games this season. By having a lead at halftime, it's the longest streak of. By the what a wacky bit it was, like the Jets acting like they had won the Super Bowl because they won the Nathaniel Hackett game. Like you're the, you're the prettiest girl at fat camp. You know what I mean? Like what, what a weird. I mean, congratulations. Acting like they won a bowl game because they won between the two worst teams. God, it's so embarrassing. Um, The Panthers have to be in that conversation. But what I'm hoping is maybe you know the Broncos are leading half, and you know so the odds. Oh, so that that allows live bet the Chiefs because they're obviously they're not going to lose. It was weird because the Broncos had won seven in a row. Even if the Broncos are leading at half, my guess is that the odds aren't going to be all that great. 
Uh, Harper had two home runs last night. He now has the most home runs ever in NL in NLDS history. Okay. <laughs> He's also the seventh Phillies player to hit a multi have a multi home run game. Uh, in the postseason, so it got me thinking about players with the most multi-home runs. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me who the other Phillies were. Do you want to try that? I have that. You have it? Yeah. Ah, hell, what are we doing? <laughs> it's 12. What's the difference? Yeah. We have really – it used to be 1230 was our out. What the hell is going on around here? That's, I guess it's my fault. I, is it – I I don't know whose fault it is. Do you want to do the Phillies or do you want to do? I was gonna do. Uh we can try the Phillies. If you, which one do you think we should do? There's less on the Phillies list of the list of guys I was gonna ask for. So, I think you. Could, you said there's seven. Yeah, you sh- you could. You and one of them to, is Harper. Uh, yeah, one of them's Harper. So there's six more. You should easily that hit get four and a multi home run game in the playoffs. I'll assume Michael Jack Schmidt. Uh, Mike Schmidt is not on this list. Oh boy, this I know, is not yeah, starting well. Uh, Ryan Howard. Uh, Ryan Howard uh, is, of course, on the list. Dale Murphy? Uh, no, not Dale Murphy. Chase Utley. Chase Utley. He had two. Uh, I guess it's going to give away my next tidbit if, if I do it tomorrow. But oh, because he's on the yeah. he's on the Malta. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, multi two multi home run games. Uh, for Chase I'll Utley. keep going with that era of Phillies. Shane Victorino. You should uh, not Shane Victorino. Hunter Pence. Not Hunter Pence. Jimmy Rollins. Not Jimmy Rollins. Jason Worth. Jason Worth. All right, he got there eventually. Yeah. So I need Seems like these Phillies teams, I guess they always need a guy with just long hair. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Yeah. Well, has Stott had a multi-home run game? No, not Stott. Okay. Well, Br- Br- I was thinking Brandon Marsh. With the oh, Marsh with the home run, yeah. yeah. Um, with the long hair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Reese yeah. Hoskins? Reese Hoskins, yes. Does have a multi-home run game. What did they say? He'd be available. Yeah, I thought I heard something. Like, they get to the I saw Series. a tweet last no night way. like that if Buck, when Buxton came into the Twins game, like I saw a twi- twin or Phillies fans say, like imagine what the reception would be if Hoskins comes back for the World Series. All right, there's so there's still there's still two more, two more. John Cruck, not John Cruck. Darren Dalton, not Darren Dalton. Boy, uh, should I be thinking current or? Uh, no, not current. Not current. Uh, but a modern player. A modern player. He's not active, but. Uh, huh. Modern player, not active. How about? I was gonna say Schwarber, but yeah, not Schwarber. Not active. Um, he was on that. He won two World Series titles. One with the one with the Phillies, and then another one uh, with a team that won it in the 2010s. I guess Pat Burrell. Pat Burrell. Pat Burrell had a multi-home run game for the Phillies. Makes sense. And then finally, a uh, an older. Yeah, I guess he's not that old, but an old. Played in the. He was with the Phillies in the nineties, early nineties. It's not Dalton or Crook. Lenny Dykstra. Lenny Dykstra has a multi-home run game. What that the guy's a psychopath. What a whack job that guy is. All right, well there, there you go. Yeah, how about know I your Phillies, surprised, right? I'm surprised Mike Schmidt's not on there. Yeah, it's really weird that Mike Schmidt isn't on that. I mean, again, this goes back to there were fewer playoff games back then. Yeah. You know, like that's part of the, the, the deal. Very good. Uh, Tidbit was also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. 
Tubular brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. Hiring event Saturday, October 28th, the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road. You can go through the entire hiring process, application, as well as the written test, the agility test. Find out more about the specialized units and what your career opportunities could be in the Baltimore County Police Department. And for everybody else, it's just a fun community event, trunk or treat. Bring the kids in the costume, nice, safe environment for them to go around and get some candy. Find out more, join BaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. Indeed, Broncos Chiefs tonight opens up NFL Week 6, Amazon Prime Video, 815. I don't know why, for some reason, I put the pitching matchup for the baseball game next to the football game when I posted Tubular. Who knows? I don't think Spencer Strider is going to go for the Broncos, but, you know. They They might need him. Who knows? Game four between the Braves and Phillies is at 8 o'clock tonight on TBS as Philadelphia tries to close it out. Ranger Suarez is on the mound against Spencer Strider. Also tonight, some college football. Fox Sports 1, West Virginia, Houston at 7. SMU, East Carolina at 7.30 on ESPN 2. Um, I don't know, everything else, go to glennclarkradio.com. The Wizards play another preseason game tonight, 7 o'clock against the Hornets on Monumental Network. Non-sports-wise, anything that stands out? Uh, not really. Frasier, actually, the revival of It's on Frasier. Paramount Plus. It is it's on weird. Paramount Plus. Uh, Loki at 9 o'clock. And apparently it's shifted back to Boston. Really? But they're not going to do anything with Cheers. It's just a very weird... I was never really a Frasier guy, but I respect that it was a quality program. Also, I'm pretty sure one of the key writers from Frasier is not back for this. Mm. So there's... I no think, hope. There's a little bit of nervousness from people. Kelsey Grammer, I don't think he ever went like, I, I don't care. Kelsey Grammer is a Republican. That doesn't bother me in any way. Like, I don't care who anybody, you know, I, I like plenty of content from people that are Democrats. I like plenty of content that people from Republicans. But, like, I've seen a few people compare, like, the Roseanne thing where, like, they tried to bring back her show, but she was such a psychopath that, like, she couldn't help but be, like, racist and just say terrible things and so they had to cancel it. I don't think Kelsey Grammer is that. I think he's just conservative, and that's fine. I have no problem with anybody having political beliefs as long as it doesn't go extreme, as long as it doesn't go to the place where, like, you know, you're you're rooting for, you know, terrible things to happen. So I think it's fine. I I think that, like, this is just – I just not – I was never a big Frasier person, so I don't know. I don't know what to make of any of it. Um, there is a Netflix uh, show. It's uh, based on Edgar Allan, more Edgar Allan Poe uh, like stories. October, that makes sense. Yeah. The like. Fall of the House of Usher. Um, and this one does not look like it's for me. It looks terrifying. Um, is anybody involved with it? That we it's so so that's what I was gonna get. So it looked like you know kind of like an interesting story, but again, you know, it's I just too went scary. up to an immersive Edgar Allan Poe experience a right. couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah. So maybe in Mount Gretna of all the random things. But so I was completely out of it just because like this is way scary. I'm not gonna be able to watch this. Um, and then Mark Hamill shows up at the end of the trailer and what? he plays he plays some guy you know that I, that is important. And I was like, whoa! And like you know he's like like the old sage I guess or something. And I was like, oh. I want to see Mark Hamill, oh, what he's interesting. doing. Interesting. It's yeah. very interesting. And Mark Hamill Ryan. doesn't do anything. I know. This is a very <laughs> weird thing for him to choose to do. <laughs> the fall of the House of Usher. I would probably be able to, it's it's a show or it's Yeah. A, so like they 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 and it's like a modern kind of so like there's a, it's this pharmaceutical empire, like it's a brother, it's like a family or something, and then weird, you know, uh otherworldly uh things come in and start killing like the rest of the guys uh 
like board of directors or something. I don't know. Okay. But it's like very gory and too 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 much for me. I'm willing to listen. <laughs> I don't know. I'm willing to listen. That's uh, it. Yeah. That is okay. It. Very that good. Is, that is it. That is the, right. those are the highlights. Thanks today to uh, Derek Rackley. Thanks to Kenny Albert. Thanks to Ken Zalis. We had all Derek's and Kens today. It's a strange way that today worked. Thanks to Derek Mason and to Paige and Haley from Guilford Hall for stopping by. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Stan will be in tomorrow morning. We will do some sort of final thoughts. Mike Elias met with the media today, so we'll talk about some of the things that he had to say. Um, and do some baseball tomorrow. Noah Eagle is going to join us tomorrow. Um, of course, the son of Ian Eagle. Interesting that we had Marv Alberts and Ian Eagle's sons on back-to-back days on the show. Noah Eagle will join us. He's calling Maryland, Illinois for NBC and anything. Stuff and, stuff and things. things. Okay, stuff and things. I'd like to do some baseball tomorrow. Yeah. I'd really like to do that. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Guilford Hall Brewery, Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Uh, do we care about anything? No, we don't. Duke sucks. <laughs>